Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary Kukowski, and this week we are back for part three of the Survivor Season 8 Look Back, also known as Matt and Mary Love Survivor All-Stars way too much. This is part three of our full rewatch of Survivor All-Stars. In part one, we covered the first two episodes and the first two boots, Tina and Rudy. In part two, we covered everything from Jenna pulling herself from the game to Ethan's boot. In this part, we will go through the tribes shuffle, the post-merge, clearing out the rest of the original Mogo Mogo tribe. And here with me to talk all about that is my terrific partner for this series, Matt Ligori. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Thank you very much. Yes, the uh, Shapira tribe is about to be the only ones left in the game, which, uh, you know, we've been talking so much about them. And obviously some of the bigger characters on this season or in terms of uh, importance are on that tribe. So excited to get into all of that as we say goodbye to the Mogo Mogos. Those poor guys. It's so sad to get rid of the last couple of these. And really going into this merge, they didn't stand a chance. I guess uh, if things had gone differently during this swap, we might have been looking at a different season. But given the way it went, this is this is what we've got. And for me, at least, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a, okay, let's just get through these next couple votes to get to the actual endgame. Yeah, and it's uh, just fun along the way to kind of track what the people are doing, like, like the Robs and Ambers. And, uh, you know, you know who makes it to the end, obviously, on our 20th rewatch of this, uh, this season. But um, I, I don't think I've rewatched this season since I was a kid like we talked about on I think probably more, more so on part one about how we watched these seasons so much when we were younger I haven't rewatched it a lot since I've been so involved in the community and obviously like listen to what like seven eight podcasts a week on the show yeah it's weird to like look at these through the lens of if these episodes were airing today uh, what would they even talk about they would have to spend like 20 minutes on a recap talking about Rupert going fishing uh, there's like nothing to talk about it's crazy that this passed as like an episode of television but this is what the show was this is people weren't looking for the strategy people weren't looking for the intense gameplay and idols and all that stuff that didn't exist it was just let's see you know let's check in on what our our favorite survivors are doing well that's interesting that you bring that up do you think it's that they decided to show rupert fishing for 20 minutes or do you think that's all there really was and that everyone else was just sitting around chit-chatting or do you really think that there was more gameplay going on because one thing that i noticed in these set of episodes was man you, you know we're at the the swap and then the merge and Alicia really doesn't have as many, many alliances or Sheehan hasn't really tried to branch out. Do you think they were doing it or, and we just didn't see it? It's they're, they're obviously talking like if, if nothing else, they're having conversations with each other while they're out there. You know, they, they might not be talking, making different plans or anything like that. They're not shifting alliances. They're not doing anything drastic. Otherwise, we would have seen it by now. But they're but they're very much like just talking throughout the day. And that's something that they could be showing us if they wanted to. But that's not something that would have been interesting to the audience back then. I would have to assume otherwise they would have started showing it but just like any kind of small thing that you can capture of Sheehan talking to Kathy and saying like we're screwed like they obviously got some of that but they could have you know stretched it out a little bit had conversations of Kathy talking to like specific individual members of Shapira and saying like hey is there anything we can do hey is there anything we can do and like I said we got some of that but they definitely could have shown more I think they just knew that people probably wanted to watch uh, the hero you know obviously Rupert was just off Pearl Islands uh, they wanted to watch some more of the, the fun character stuff back then and now that we've shifted into this completely like strategic focused era of Survivor where everything is about the game, the game, the game, uh, you have people clamoring for like, show us more character stuff, sh- show us fishing, show us silly moments or anything like that. So I don't know if we're ever going to get back to like a, a nice balance of, of having both, but it is it definitely interesting to go back and see when the show was like this. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but it's it's my childhood Survivor. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'd like it to stay the same. I'm glad that it has evolved 
involved. I think there are elements of this that's, I'm glad that it exists so we can go back and look at it at the very least. Yeah, I mean, there's no, I don't think the show would exist still today if it was still, you know, watching the latest person that's swimming and the latest person that's catching all the fish. Like, it's just not as fun. You know, you can't do that for 40 seasons now. So uh, definitely agree. And I've always said that my favorite shows are the ones that evolve with their fans and with the time. So I think they did the right thing here. But all right, well, let's jump into episode 10, Mad Scramble and Broken Hearts. Technically, this is real episode nine, but the episode nine was the closer look, the star, uh, all stars redux that they did. Uh, they, it was something that they used to do all the time in the middle of the spring. And also, I always remember during Thanksgiving yep. week, it used to always <laughs> be the the uh, look back episode and the bonus stuff, which is actually kind of interesting considering we just had Thanksgiving this year and we had a real episode of Survivor. It's not, they don't even skip the week anymore. Thanksgiving is when you want to sit down with your family and watch Survivor. Like, I mean, that wouldn't have been a whole lot different from me from like every other week at this time, but like that's when everybody's all together. You want to sit down and you want to watch the new episode. You don't want to sit there and watch a recap. Like, I don't even remember if we watched the recaps. I think we did, but I mean, it's such a disappointment when you realize that that's what the new episode was. Well, I vividly remember driving to Virginia Beach to see my family year after year around Thanksgiving and we would arrive there pretty late because we'd leave, you know, after my parents got off work and so we'd arrive there almost at exactly 8 o'clock and be like, okay, quick, quick, turn on the TV. We gotta gotta make sure to watch Survivor or record Survivor. And uh, it was it was uh, always kind of a, a mixed bag when you would notice that it's just, oh, it's just the it's just the uh, look back episode. Never mind. Not, not important. We don't have to watch it. Yeah. Not as big of a rush. And it says a lot but, that like, obviously, uh, I, I said to you before we got on here, I didn't rewatch that at all. I've never considered rewatching a recap episode. It's, you know, if there was anything important on there, it would have made it into a, the actual episode. Most of that stuff was, uh, was you know, here's a clip that you already saw, but let's just remind you of it. It's like the end of the Big Brother season where they look back on everything that happened. It's just, they do that, but they do it in the middle of the season. It's like, catch up with like one extra bonus scene that is really not that fun. Uh, but whatever. Sorry to, sorry to crap on it so much <laughs> if there's any. I know there's probably a Survivor producer out there from 2004 listening. If it was all new scenes, I think that would be fun. But, you know, if you're just like me, you'll just buy the DVD anyway and watch that part yeah, then. So exactly. Not as important. Anyway, so episode 10, Mad Scramble and Broken Hearts, airing April 1st, 2004. Jumping in, Shapara Tribe. Rupert and Tom, they're the worker bees. And Rob and the women sleep in. And, and there are some fun editing bits here with panning back and forth to Rob cuddled up with all the women in the, in the shelter. And then Rupert and Tom cutting down a full tree. Like, I don't know if that was necessary, but they just seem to be sawing away and no commentary from Rob and the girls about the noise, but they uh, they do have some, wow, I wish these guys would, would help out a little bit. Yeah, Rob and Amber at this point can sleep through anything. Uh, a lot, there's been, a, there's a lot of talk that'll be coming up uh, in these few episodes, especially uh, later in the game where people are just kind of getting lazy. Nobody wants to do a whole lot around camp and everybody's just sleeping all the time. Everybody's just kind of relaxing, which also goes, you know, it kind of coincides with the gameplay at this point. There's not a whole lot of gameplay happening, so everyone's just kind of chilling. So, you know, it's it, it's kind of funny that it starts with this episode that we're watching, this kind of arc of Rupert and, I guess, Tom are the only ones that work around camp, and that's going to keep going throughout uh, these uh, few episodes we're talking about today. Yeah, and then over on the Mogamogo size of things, new Mellow Zenjeri is just complaining nonstop. I don't think she was ever actually Mellow. That's completely in her own head here. And there's just a lot about, you know, cat being annoyed with Jerry and ev- basically everybody being annoyed with Jerry. So if you're a, if you're an edgic believer, then this is not a good start already. I, I looked at the edgic chart. Uh, funny you mentioned that because I looked at the edgic chart for Survivor All-Stars. I looked at a couple different ones 
since you know there's always differences for for the season and it was very interesting to me because so many of the patterns I mean I don't know how much you pay attention to Edgic if at all but so many of the patterns that they that people look out for in recent seasons not just in terms of like a winner edit but in terms of like just different kind of edits somebody that's going to make the finals somebody that's not such an important play or whatever it's like that's all kind of thrown out the window with this season or just the older seasons it's like uh, it doesn't matter and that takes you know you can take a look at Amber's edit for a perfect example of that it's just like I can't imagine that whoever was potentially doing edgic at the time if they were was you know ever picking up on Amber as a winner just from reading the edit so yeah it was a very strange chart to be looking back on and that chart it's funny that this is the first time that I noticed from looking at that chart that like Jenna Lewis disappears for the entire pre-merge after Saboga is disbanded like she's obviously the biggest main character in like episodes one and two while Saboga's at tribal council but then she completely disappears until the jury uh, like until you know the merge happens yeah and then she comes back in full force which is uh probably worse for her overall opinion (laughs) but it may might have been doing her some good when she was a little invisible yeah i i you know i follow edgic occasionally i haven't really mostly just what people tell me more so than uh actually looking up charts myself but i have the things i'm more interested in looking at are like who is the decoy boot that the editors think want us to think is going home that night but won't actually be the one to go home that's the one i like to look out for a lot of times but yeah this is you know we've talked a lot in in part two about the differences between the new shapara tribe and the mogo mogo tribe and how you know one is the fun and games tribe and the other one is the hardcore worker bees serious folk and that really rings true through this next bit where both tribes get a can of paint and no instructions and shapara immediately is like oh awesome perfect let's paint us all up and you know we're gonna have fun and then the green paint on the mogo mogo side they just bring it to the challenge then just don't don't put it on <laughs> don't do anything with it they're like we don't we we don't would rather just show up with it than you know look stupid and and not have been supposed to put it on so yeah i mean what would this paint classic. have been for otherwise what would they what do they possibly think uh you know like whoever brings the most paint back to the challenge is gonna end up winning something uh Sheehan says uh, well i don't know if it's uh, body paint and kathy's like yeah let's just you know not use it or whatever shapiro i mean obviously it was a very quick cut in terms of the edit until like seeing them crack open the paint and just start using it everywhere but like I can't imagine a single person over there had any hesitation like they opened it they were like any reasonable human being and were like oh they gave us this paint they probably want us to wear it I don't see any flags coming with it what else would they possibly need the paint for then besides you know decorating themselves yeah so they had a, they had a good time with that although you know you would say what else would they possibly use the paint for it does remind me of a different season of Survivor where one tribe thought it was going to be a merge and they brought all their stuff with them to the challenge and it ended up not being emerged and so they looked kind of silly so it does happen occasionally but i would say in this case mogo mogo definitely looked uh looked a little silly having not partaken in that portion of the festivities but they they go to the challenge which doesn't end up being a challenge it ends up being a sort of tribe chat where they pair off and get to have cross tribal chats except for amber and jenna who are stuck together and they get a little lunch and, and let me just say this episode alone and the next couple episodes there is just a lot of food going around so much food and so much alcohol yeah if if there's any season of survivor where somebody that's skeptical of the show would ever be able to point to and say they literally never stop eating it's this one they are just getting fed left and right challenge and and merge feast and this and that i can't remember a single episode of this bunch or, or like recently on this season where somebody wasn't eating something like a lot of food i know that this season started out as being one of the more challenging seasons where they didn't give them food to start out with and they had to find their 
rice or find the, the keys to get their rice, etc. But but you know, they still are given so much throughout here. So uh, I don't know. I mean, they, they get two packed lunches today alone. <laughs> they literally, yeah, they got snacks at the at this little feast here. And then, you know, later on, they're going to end up merging. Well, no, that's not this episode. But uh, yeah, you they're, they're going to end up but they're going to end up uh, swapping tribes and getting food as a like, welcome to your new tribe yeah. immediately after. So they have some chats, not too much happens in the little mix up. Did you have anything that you wanted to highlight here from when the pairs go off and, and chat? Well, before they even got there, I I had made a note about how uh, Sheehan thinks that they're about to go to emerge or she thinks it might be emerge, which is just particularly funny given how Sheehan's <laughs> first season went with, uh, you know, the fake merge and how she ended up going out there. So I'm glad that they showed us specifically Sheehan talking about how this might be emerge. And, you know, she, she was thinking about that. So that, that was good. Mostly we have uh, Robin Lex talk and, and Lex says something that he says a couple times in the next couple episodes, which is, you know, he can't wait until the merge happens because that's when the real game gets started and that's when he gets to mix things up and have more control, which is just kind of sad from coming from Lex. Uh, Sheehan and Rupert are together and Sheehan starts trying to nudge Rupert in the direction of hinting at, you know, we need to look at Rob because once individual immunity becomes a thing, Rob's just going to steamroll everybody. So another another little note of people starting to realize it's really everyone versus Rob as opposed to Shapira or even Rob and Amber for that matter. Yeah, and that's going to be like the main, you know, over these next couple of episodes as we will eventually start to lose the Mogamogos besides Jerry. Uh, you know, that's going to be a, a big focus of, all right, like the only thing that we think we can pitch is to tell all these other Shapiras that we need to get Rob out. And then eventually that's not even going to work. So they change their strategy even more to say, all right, maybe we should work with Rob and try to get him on our side. But it's very much centered around, around Rob this whole point here. I think my favorite pair of this bunch has to be Tom and Jerry, just for the simple fact of Tom and Jerry. Yes, that, it's, a, it's a great one. I like to think that Tom was aware of that when he picked her. I sure hope so. <laughs> uh, but that's big Tom, so there's no chance. Yeah. So the tribes then have a swap, or as they were calling it at the time, a, a shuffle, which it really is more of a tribe's shuffle, I guess. Uh, there's, at this point in the history of Survivor, there have only been three tribe mix-ups. There's the classic representatives from season three, Africa, which is the first time they swapped, and three people from each tribe went over to the other tribes. In Marquesas, they did the everybody stand on a disc and then swapped, so that shuffled everybody up as well. And then in Amazon, where they were two new tribes picked, picked by the youngest members of the tribe. So at this point, there's only been three in previous seasons, and the swap is still kind of new, I think, which you can tell by a couple things here. First off, they're swapping from tribes of six to four, and they're going to even them out and do two tribes of five. So what is your personal opinion on that sort of rearranging of the numbers? Well, it definitely makes sense at this point in the game. You know, they're, I mean, at this point, like, there's no good reason why they don't, why they shouldn't do this, I would say. It's just kind of like, do you need to do it? Do you not need to do it? You probably don't need to do it, but it adds, a, you know, an extra element, especially if the swap didn't go the way that it went, particularly like the most, uh, I could not tell you what the odds are that it ended up like this, but, you know, obviously they're very, very low uh, for, for it to have gone down this way. Uh, but if they did, if they went a, a different direction, if you ended up with, you know, say Robin Lex on the same tribe for even one episode of trying to figure out if they were going to work together and, and, you know, getting a bit of a mix up between these two tribes that have just been so stuck with each other since the beginning, definitely could have added something interesting towards the end game. You know, things could have mixed up. Maybe Alicia does find her plus one to go down towards the end with. Maybe uh, Jerry finds somebody to work with that, you know, is not willing to just cut her for, for Amber. So there could have been something interesting out of this. But then again, what we got was very interesting just for the sheer fact of like,
like, how the hell did this happen? Yeah, so this is something that, unlike in Marquesas, like I said, where they kept the numbers, the incredibly mismatched numbers of, I don't know what it was, like four to seven or four to six or something like that at that point. Instead of keeping those numbers, they did even the tribes out. I think the main issue I have is if you're gonna swap, give them at least two episodes on the swap tribe instead of just one. For this season, obviously, I'm, I'm okay with the outcome that came. I think it's almost a 100% chance that Amber goes home in the next episode if they stayed together and that tribe lost again. But it's crazy how it happens. And now somebody can yell at me for my lack of recent survivor memory. But I know that this basically happened again in a recent season, but I'm completely blanking on which one might have been. Was it Ghost Island or something? When this happened, when the tribes almost completely switched. It it was something like this, because I remember whoever it was was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. And we were all like, oh, it's literally just like All Stars. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Yeah. I just don't know what you're talking about. They were trying to figure out what the odds were. And it was uh, some some number. There was a lot of podcast gold on that. But but yeah, the tribes, you know, everyone pulls a buff out of out of the pot and flips completely opposite. Everyone from Shapira ends up on the new Mogomogo and vice versa, except for Amber, who gets stuck on the same Shapira tribe with all the Mogomogo people. Well, here's my question, just while you mentioned it just now. If they had done this for two episodes, I mean, I mean, the, the better spot would have been to do it like before the tribal council or the round where Ethan goes out to have it like those two rounds be where the you know the swap takes place but regardless suppose they did do it for one more round after uh jerry got voted out and it was lex kathy Sheehan, and amber is there any chance that amber gets saved again because lex obviously saves amber in the first place in a spot where he shouldn't have which is made very clear soon after uh and he gets rid of jerry who would have been very loyal to him for the entire rest of the game there's no reason for him to think of any think otherwise there's there's nowhere else that jerry was going to go unless he was thinking like oh maybe she'll get back with uh you know jenna and rupert or something like that which wasn't going to happen but regardless is there any chance obviously he's been with Sheehan since the beginning of the game but lex is just so set on when i get to the merge rob is going to help me out and i need rob's help so if i want rob's help i need to keep amber yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like once he has made that move to keep Amber over Jerry, you might as well just keep doing it because otherwise you're going to, you know, what was the point in doing it the first time? Right. Like he's never cutting Kathy. Right. But I right. mean, maybe Sheehan is like a, a little bit more expendable. And, you know, uh, obviously Sheehan's loyal to Lex, but so is Jerry. So at this point, if the goal is to get Rob's help later down the line or soon down the line, maybe he does keep Amber for that extra round, even though he knows that he shouldn't, you know, at this point, he's going to be like, all right, Rob, it's just me and Kathy. Like, we're here to work with you and Amber and whoever else and Big Tom uh, and we'll take everybody else out of the game and then go from there because then in that situation, he probably thinks that it's going to be him, Kathy and Tom that would end up taking out Rob and Amber. So I think it is possible that, I mean, maybe they've talked about this and I sound like an idiot, but I think it, it could have been possible that he would have taken her out. It's it's possible. I'm pretty sure Edge of Extinction is actually when this went down and it was War Dog who was doing the math, um, War Dog math. This sounds, is sounding familiar. Yeah, that does sound familiar. Anyway. Because Kelly and Wardog and Lauren and Devins all ended up on the same tribe. And that's, yes, yes. that's 100% yeah, just, what it the, was. The tribes completely switched, though. That's what happened there. All the new, all the Manu became Lasu. Except for Wendy. Wendy was the Amber. Right. And Wendy ended yeah. up with the old tribe, or whatever that tribe was called. Yep. Okay, so it did happen. Uh, Nailed it. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I feel like they probably could have cut Sheehan if they wanted to keep Amber again. I think the tricky part there comes down to 
to is Kathy closer to Lex or Sheehan, I would say it's probably Lex just based on the way this season plays out. But you could have maybe seen Sheehan put up a fight. That would have been interesting since she had been with Kathy the whole time. Yeah, Sheehan's uh, definitely going to start putting up a fight sometime soon. Just uh, maybe not so th- not maybe not this soon. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, they swap their tribes and now on the new Shapira, everyone super impressed by the Shapira camp. And at this point in the season, once we've had many, many rainstorms, it is pretty clear which camp is better between the Shapira Mogamogo camp. I know we had discussed that when they were doing the camp building challenge. But at this point, I think part of it has to do with Shapira's camp seems to be farther away from the water by a bit. So they're really not getting hit by the tides as bad. Whereas the Mogamogo camp is like two feet from the tides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty bad. And it's crazy how how like the differences, or at least for Mogamogo when they get to Shapira, like they are in a whole nother world. Yes. So there's a lot of the new Shapira people using all of the toothbrushes and soap. And it's one of the most disturbing things actually just to watch the up close Jerry brushing her teeth. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't need that. <laughs> they uh, like we said, they all get food and wine again and there's there's a bit of Amber trying to be like, Oh, it's you know, it's fun to show off my camp, but you know, I just I just wanted to didn't I didn't care which tribe I got on as long as the it was the one with Rob and then on the other side Rob's all, you know, what aggravates me is they got my girl over there. So it's uh it's cute only because of the way it works out, but could have easily been the end of this power couple. So one of the things I picked up on just from I guess this rewatch is that you get two different kinds of Rob this season and you only get one or the other. There's really no in-between. You either get very confident Rob where he's making a move that's great for his game or or he's just confident about. Uh, Obviously, we're going to see that when he comes up to the next vote where he's going to end up taking out Lex and he's just very like proud of himself, patting himself on the back and he's just high on life. The other Rob you get is just down in the dumps. If something doesn't go his way, he is not happy about it and he's got a little pouty face on because he's not happy. And that's what's going on here. It's going to come up a couple times this season. Uh, It hasn't come up yet because Shapira has gotten everything that they wanted when they lost one tribal already. They just voted out Sester Nino, who, you know, Rob was totally fine with seeing go. But at this point, you know, they have taken Amber from him. Amber is off on the other tribe. And now Rob is just, this is no fun. I, they they got my camp. They got my girl. I just, I'm not, I'm not happy. And he's just down in the dumps for an entire, what, 48 something hours until, uh, until he eventually sees that, you know, Amber is going to be safe later on. Yeah. And I think, you know, the Rob acting like that is part of the reason almost that I think Kathy is so willing to work with him. I know that they had a, a friendship or relationship from being on uh, Marquesas together, but I think she is drawn to the, you know, the 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 young boy in him, the, uh, her, her motherly instincts, I feel like sometimes come in with the, oh, you know, I just, I feel bad for him. And if we give him his girl, then maybe he'll work with us. He'll be good to his word. And it's, it's really interesting because it, you know, I think in modern Survivor, you know, when Rob comes back, I don't think he has the reputation anymore of being this loyal, trustworthy guy. But for whatever reason, at this point, so many people, Lex, Kathy, everyone on his tribe who wants to work with him, views Rob as being this really trustworthy guy, even though they've seen that he has, you know, cut Cesar Nino. And I, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the fact that they haven't had to see him turn on too many people yet that he just seems so genuine. They, they're annoyed with him and they think that he can be cocky sometimes, but they still want to work with him, which I have always found interesting just because that's not the way anyone I think would view him in, you know, by the time he comes back for season 20. For sure. Yeah. I mean, back back in this early part of the game, especially in, in All-Stars, for uh, you know, we're talking about here, Shapira doesn't have any problems early on. They don't need to worry about cutting anybody. They're just having fun. The people on Mogo Mogo, like Lex in particular, can see that Rob 
has got the people he's working with and he's loyal to them. They probably have no idea, you know, about the Jenna and Rupert thing. So they're obviously thinking that there's room to get in because, you know, Rob's probably loyal to Amber and maybe Tom. And then, uh, you know, everybody else is, uh, you know, they'll be able to replace them when they hop into the merge tribe. But as of now, they're like, all right, well, Rob's obviously working with these people. He's loyal to them, whatever. As time goes on, once you get to Heroes versus Villains or Redemption Island, it, it, it you know, turns into, wait, Rob is not just, yeah, I mean, I think that's still a thing about Rob that you can, you can definitely look at him and say that he's loyal because the people that he decides he's working with, he is generally loyal to the end. Like the people he made a group with at the beginning of this game was obviously just the Shapira people, but that's who he stuck with this entire game. The people that he was working with in Redemption Island, he was with them the entire game. Granted, that's because they were all just listening to every single word that he said, but it still kind of shows you that he'll work with people that are with him. Goes a little differently in Heroes versus Villains because people aren't really working with him, but for sure agree with you that, you know, his reputation has changed over time. Yeah, and in some ways I'm curious to see what comes back, how that reputation holds if they're going to view him as, oh, fatherly Rob now that he's older and, you know, picks some people and just goes along with them, or if they're going to look at him at all in the same way that they did at this time. And it really depends probably who he's who he's going to be playing with on his tribe. But I will take Pouty Rob any day over just complaining, self-entitled Jenna Lewis, who we get from pretty much here on out for the rest of the season. One of the things that annoys me the most is when she's talking about how bad the camp is at her new tribe and, you know, talking about how, oh, they don't have any food and they don't have, you know, they've got one pot and it's rusted. And I'm like, yeah, because you stole the other one, <laughs> like last episode. Uh, it doesn't matter. She, she, she just wants everything to be as happy and great as it's been over on her tribe. They, they earned what they got. And now she's just upset that, you know, they took her best friend and they took all of their belongings. So, uh, you know, who, who expects Jenna Lewis to be thinking rationally? Oh, gosh, I, you know, I, I, maybe it's just that I wasn't the world's biggest fan of her in Borneo. Like she was fine, but, but this is really the, the view that I have of her is, is from herself on this season. And it's, it's, it's grating. Yeah. I would hate playing with her. Like I can see why every single person, even Rupert eventually comes around on like, yeah, Jenna's annoying and uh, not fun to live with. But as a TV character, definitely liked her then. It's still like her now. I think it's so much fun to see somebody that just actively annoys people in the camp. That's what you want to see. You want to see, you, you don't want to see everybody getting along all the time. And the, the attitude that she brings in confessionals is pretty similar to what she's got out there, but that's fun. That's what makes her the character that she is. You know, even though she's such a confusing pick that she ended up back on the season, she's got, she, she takes like a whole lot of nothing, not to be too super mean, but she takes not much that she's coming into the game with and it turns into something that is worth rooting against even if you don't want to root for her. Are you surprised she never came back? Since then? Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I could have definitely gotten behind. I could have definitely seen uh, a return appearance, but just like as time goes on, they obviously built up so many more good players and nobody came back from All-Stars until Heroes versus Villains, right? So, you know, I guess by the time Heroes versus Villains comes around, there's just so many other people to fill those villain spots that, you know, there probably wasn't room for her, but wouldn't, wouldn't have minded at all if she did come back. I think one thing that is great about her character is the fact that she comes across on TV like a villain who clearly thinks she's a hero. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> which is great. So going into this immunity challenge, which everybody knows has a lot of stakes because, you know, Amber is probably going to be going home if Mogo Mogo loses or the, the new Shapira. Sorry, it's very confusing. Yeah, I, I do not know how to label anything in my notes. Uh, like I, I, I know which tribe is which, but it's very confusing. <laughs> so they have a survivor trivia immunity challenge and uh, none of the questions are particularly difficult. I think uh, besides which country in Africa season three was filmed, I think I knew all the other ones. Uh, I didn't know what the name of the grub was in Borneo, but those 
those seemed to be the hardest two questions, which were the only two that any one team got wrong. Both both teams lost one point along the way, so it came down to the final question, which was very intense. But the other ones, you know, who did Thailand rob Rabatubi's grab around the throat? Uh, who was a mortician in Pearl Island? You know, what did Kel smuggle in the outback? And I think the biggest question I have here for you is, you know, in a lot of ways, the the questions could be super easy if you had someone from that season on your tribe. So do you think it's fair that they even did this as a challenge? Um, yeah, no, I think I, I, I do think it's fair. I think at this point, there are, these are the Survivor All-Stars from your season, your first couple seasons of, of the show. These are the people who know everything about the game and they're here to play it again. So obviously there's details that they should uh, probably avoid asking questions about. Like you can't ask something too specific about like Coral Islands, the one that just aired. And uh, I, well, I don't know what the exact filming schedule was or in terms of like, you know, did they see the whole season? They probably did, uh, whatever it was. But definitely don't see any like fairness issues with this. I think every, you can't have one person from each season guaranteed to still be on each tribe. So you kind of just got to hope for the best that somebody knows what they're talking about. And the point of this challenge wasn't even for the players. This was just obviously let's get the audience a, a couple clips to look back on and sit at, sit at home on the couch and be like, oh yeah, remember the one that happened with Kel? Oh yeah, remember Dara the mortician? And then Lex jumps in with, oh, I remember Dara. So this was way more for like the audience than it was f- for a good immunity challenge. Yeah, and, and they've only really done this twice in this sort of way. They did it as an individual challenge in uh, Micronesia for the second, you know, really big returning player season. But, uh, and, and those questions were also around the same same difficulty level. So, you know, Rob mentions before the challenge needing to do whatever he can do to keep Amber around, but he doesn't say anything about throwing the challenge. Do you think that this is just too early in Survivor for that to be a viable strategy? Or, you know, do you think he should have tried to throw the challenge? It's a little bit difficult of a challenge to throw without it it being incredibly obvious that you're doing so. Yeah, unless he just sat around and didn't give any answers and or, or purposely tried to mess people up with wrong answers. It's hard to do that. And at this point, I don't think he's in a spot where he's, I mean, uh, it's obviously very early in Survivor to be thinking about throwing challenges at, as a concept in the first place. Um, I'm sure it's something that came across his mind, but I don't think it was something that was like a viable option enough to the point where he actually sat down, took himself out of his misery for more than five seconds and think like, wait, if, is there a way that I can actually try to throw this? Because, you know, he would have had to get people on board. And if he ends up throwing it, I mean, I, I don't think he is completely in danger uh, of being the one going home. Like, I think he probably could have pulled to either side there with, you know, Tom and Alicia or or Jenna and Rupert and said, like, oh, let's get the other one. But like, there is the chance that if they see that he threw it, they say, all right, well, Rob's the one that made us do this. So let's get rid of him. I mean, I really don't see it happening. He had such a stranglehold on everybody in that tribe. So probably it is not going to happen. But um, I don't know. I just don't think he thought of it too intensely. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Uh, it would have been more interesting if there was a, a challenge that he could have thrown in some way and not had the heat go back on him. But anyway. So the new Mogomogo tribe wins, meaning that the tribe with all the old Mogomogo and Amber loses. It's uh, it's on the question about who were the first people voted off in each of the seasons. And we had actually seen in in the footage before they came to the challenge that Amber's tribe was trying to remember who was the person voted off from Pearl Islands first. And they knew that it was the girl in the blue dress, but they could not remember Nicole Delma. And so that's what they lose it on, unfortunately. And this, it, the very least, you know, it's a sad moment, but it gives you, it gives us one of the most iconic, you know, scenes from, one of the most iconic scenes, in my opinion, from all of Survivor, which is the, you take care of her, I'll take care of you, if you can, if you can. Yeah, the most, the most iconic.
iconic scene from this season. I mean, the, it's it's this and it's the conversation that's going to follow in the next episode where Rob sits down with Lex and Kathy, which we'll get to. Just that line that like that line doesn't just exist in like Survivor today. It's it's just like like if you could say that line to probably people who have stopped watching the show and they would remember it. You could say that line to somebody who still watches the show and just doesn't even remember that Survivor All-Stars happened and and they might remember it. Or maybe I'm just overstating it how it's important it is because uh it's such a line that stands out to like people like us who have seen this season so many times but i feel like i i don't know i don't think i'm too off with that it's just like this powerful moment where if you just remind somebody yeah remember when like rob and amber got split up uh and then lex got completely betrayed by rob it's just that line the way he delivers it it you know he's not even thinking about it but it just is uh it's great well and it's also you know at this point in survivor there there have been a couple blind sides there have been people who flipped but for the most part it's one alliance taking out another alliance and uh and and small flips back and forth but like even when you know rob sesternino turns on alex or something it's it's not this same kind of oh i'm with you we're friends outside of this deal this is a deal that is made and it's one of the first really truly cutthroat moves that's done that ends up being strategy in the game and uh we'll talk more about it when we actually get to the lex boot but you know there's been a lot of debate of in this moment was this something outside of the game that rob was just trying to ask lex to protect his girlfriend yeah i mean was it outside of the game was it inside of the game it was probably at the moment outside of the game but like this is rob he you know i I don't think for a second even though he was obviously very upset very emotionally driven with everything that he was feeling and saying doing at this time i think his head was always thinking about the game and he does say when later on when he does know that he's about to betray lex he says you you thought for a second i was going to hold up on that offer so i don't know i do think that in the moment he probably was doing his best acting and and just trying to put on a sad face and you know if because that he throw when he throws in the line if you can if you can it it tells me that he's trying to lay it on like i like not to sound super desperate but to say i am willing to work with you we'll we'll make something happen here if you can save her like it's all up to you i'm not forcing you to i'm not threatening you to but if you can do it then we'll we'll go forward the thing about the deal that rob makes with lex or i would i would even say you know it lex talks about this later as being a promise to make an alliance and to work together and all of that seems like pre-game you know color to this situation because really it just seems like rob is saying try to do this favor for me and i'll try to do a favor for you later i think rob came into this game with a lot of potential options for what he could do much like everybody did much like you know big tom had a lot of ideas of people that he could potentially work with notably lex but you know lex doesn't view the betrayal by big tom as being as big of a thing as it was with rob even though i would say lex and big tom are probably closer friends i think it's in this circumstance it's just they must have either had a more finite pregame deal or at this particular moment the vulnerability in rob you know it's 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 harder to be backstabbed by someone who you felt like you did a favor for this is something that we talk about a lot of times now with like why the mom character doesn't win as often because if you you know it's hard to see someone who helped you when you were down or that you were vulnerable with it's hard to want to you know to be able to feel like you you were betrayed by that person lex and tom definitely had like a very uh, significant deal obviously they had a deal but the fact is that you know lex going into the second half of the game knew that he was going to have tom by his side rob you know and amber hopefully along as well with them so when they swapped like this it was pretty inconvenient for lex because if he was able to go that far with rob and amber waiting for him with tom and have jerry also to be like all right jerry's just an additional vote with us they would have had the game like 
Like, you know, they would have had the majority over everybody else. When it came down to it, Lex probably would have cut uh, Sheehan if needed, if it meant to get to the final three with at least Tom and, I don't know, Kathy or Rob or whoever he felt, however it worked out at the time. But I just, you know, you can tell that he's not worried about it at all because he's voting out Colby. He's voting out Ethan, guys who could have been strong by his side going into a merge. He just felt like whatever was waiting for him on the other side was going to work out. And clearly it does not. I think it comes down to it's really easy to be someone like Lex who has been betraying friends and alliances up to this point. But it's it's a much harder pill to swallow when you're the one who is being betrayed. So I, I think he just wasn't quite ready for that. And, you know, him and Kathy as a pair, they kind of feed off each other as emotional players. But, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. In terms of this episode, Kathy and Sheehan talk a little bit about they don't want to suck up to Rob, but they don't want his wrath to come down on them. And this is another thing that comes up a couple times in the next couple episodes is this idea that Boston Rob has a temper and you don't want to be on that side of it. It's like, what's he gonna do? Be mad? Are people really so worried about just having someone mad at you? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's besides that, it's just like the power that they know that he has in the game. Like this game is just the Boston Rob experience and Rob's got his side and he's dominating in the challenges and he's probably the one dominating the alliance back there and keeping everybody under control. So you don't want the person, you know, that's like, I think that they at this point view Rob as if he was like Jeff and they're like, we don't want the most important person out here mad at us. And then uh, our game is just ruined after that. So yeah, it's definitely weird, uh, which is funny because, you know, they're over there thinking that while Rob's over on the other tribe, like accepting the fate of Amber at this point, not accepting it, but like he, he pretty much feels like it's going to happen. Uh, Like he puts a little A on his arm. He's, he's like, uh, this is so hot. This is wicked hot. Uh, And uh, it's, you know, he, he pretty much knows what's happening. So I don't even think that if he got back to them and Amber was gone, I don't think he would have been like freaking out on them, mad, pissed off. Like he would have accepted and known that it was like the most logical choice for them. But they're like, oh, we're afraid of Rob. I agree. I feel like if they had voted Amber out, and, and that's the thing, because when it comes down to it, Kathy and Lex were not trying to do this because they were afraid of Rob. They were trying to do it to win favor, to hope to build an alliance with him moving forward. And unfortunately, enough has happened in this game that Rob doesn't need that alliance with them. And I and I don't want to I don't want to discount the work that Amber does here because she does you know she does try she does talk to Kathy and talk about wanting to get Jerry out and she's also lucky that she's in this position where there is a member on this tribe who was not an original Mogo Mogo person who is also driving everybody crazy so she was put into a relatively okay position with Jerry being the clear bottom of the totem pole Amber does tell Kathy though that she wants to go to the end with her and make it a five of Kathy Lex Amber Rob and Big Tom and this is something also interesting is that everybody seems to want this final five alliance with Big Tom and I don't it seems like Big Tom is just going to have complete control over that situation and go whichever way he wants so you know I I guess it's a good selling point because Amber probably knows that Kathy and Lex think that they'll be able to swing Big Tom but you never want to get yourself in a position where you have Big Tom being the swing vote there which I think is another big reason why Rob doesn't want to go through with this plan for sure Uh, there's there's no world where that made sense for Rob and Amber at any point it's just uh, they're not thinking that far ahead I think I think they're just thinking this is the group this is the connection that the two of us have like we're, we made friends with Tom you guys are friends with Tom uh, we're gonna all come together and we're gonna be the final five and that's all we need to worry about like no one's worried about the end we'll duke it out when we get there the classic you know uh, that that classic idea of we'll just figure it out when we get down to whatever number it is so yeah they're not thinking about later in the game they're just worried about the presentation of this is our plan going forward uh, but Amber's pitch here 
is like it's it's I, I took note of it just because if she tried to use this strategy to campaign to Kathy like in the current uh, state of Survivor or even just like a couple seasons later what she says specifically to her is I'm a better player than Jerry and I think I'm stronger than Jerry and that's the reasoning that she gives of why she should stay in the game over Jerry uh, that she's a better player so you know right before we're about to get to the merge right before we're about to get to individual immunity challenges Amber saying well I'm a stronger better player so you should keep me around like in any other world like today uh, or even a couple like I said a couple seasons later that's the person who you want to vote out before you get to a point like that but that's uh, that's Amber's pitch yeah in the climate of this season though and at this point in Survivor where you know people working around camp and being a strong person and not only that but wanting to go to the end with big players especially when it's Survivor All-Stars this is a pitch that works for Amber to to some extent here with Kathy and and you know for anyone who points out that Lex says in the next episode you know this was just this was a, a friend helping a friend outside the game Lex and Kathy talk after she speaks with Amber and they say look this is something that uh you know we think Rob will deliver we want to exploit this favor in our advantage and they deliberately say that so they know they're not just just doing this for uh you know for for friends yeah so Jerry's let's get Jerry out of here I feel like we need we're like extending her life on this podcast longer <laughs> than it needs to be she's uh t- time to l- let her go yep so uh Jerry your torch has been snuffed really nothing super interesting comes of that tribal council they decide to vote her off and uh it's the end of the the two Australia girls yeah we, we do get our you know we do get a reunion here obviously with Amber and Jerry uh on the same tribe together which is notably noteworthy since they were on that tribe together in Australia like you said um but not much comes of it since they're obviously fighting against each other for the last spot before uh or to the, they're fighting against each other not to not get voted out here um and then also I found it interesting just how uh Lex comes to Jerry to tell her this is the third time in a row where he's gonna have a sit-down conversation with a person that's about to get voted off and say listen I just gotta do it I gotta do it and the person's like no no it doesn't make sense this is stupid you're stupid for doing this and Lex is like I gotta do it gotta do it and then you know Lex you didn't have to do it you, you really didn't have to do it yep and uh you know Oracle Jerry here predicts that Rob's gonna stab him in the back and she would have been more loyal so it's really bad on Lex here for not listening to Jerry but oh well that's the end of Jerry and, and we can move on episode 11 angers tears and chaos April 8th 2004 Shapira's sad still well you know old Shapira I guess they think that Amber's gone it's it's a it's just a big bummer this is where you know Rob's pointing at his A and is like I wrote I wrote an A on my arm it's for Amber it's like what else is it for it's not for the Houston Astros there's a just another great Tom quote here where he says you know it takes three days to get a calf weaned from its mama a person's about the same just talking about how Rob's walking around crying all the time and yeah. moping Rob's like a, a calf pulled away from sucking its mommy's titty he says yes yeah for the very great. specific quote yeah it's a uh, classic big Tom and so Rob's like all right well you know Amber's probably gone so time to do the only thing there is left to do which is make an alliance with the only person that I haven't so far which is Alicia uh, Alicia you know this is this is why I'm saying like it's interesting to me that Alicia doesn't have any real allies at this point because it seems like if you want to be in alliance with Alicia all you have to do is walk over to her say hey let's be in an alliance and she's like sweet I'll never write your name down the end seems like it would have been a great person for you know like why have Rupert and Jenna not you know swept up Alicia at this point well because at this point obviously uh, Rob and Amber have each other and they also have Tom by their side Rob and Amber also have Jenna and Rupert so Jenna and Rupert don't feel like they need to you know spread their wings any further they're already in a foursome um, and then Tom you know Tom is Tom Tom is good with uh, with uh, Rob and Amber and then you know if he needs Lex when the merge comes he'll take it but 
there's not nobody else besides Alicia at this point who needs to find the path for Alicia to move forward. Uh, so Alicia should have been the one reaching out to everybody else to say, hey, bring me in with your duo or whatever. I don't know if she was and we just weren't seeing it. But yeah, this is definitely the first time where it looks like somebody's making an actual effort to work with her. And it's only because of Rob's selfish reasons, obviously, because he notices that he probably should make a new number one now that Amber's gone. So a very easy pick here to just jump right in with the only person who doesn't have a number one and just try to hope for the best. But luckily for him, his uh, original number one is actually still there. Works for him. And there's a, a pretty adorable moment where they get to the reward challenge and Rob's excited to see Amber. And then he's all smiles for pretty much the rest of the day. So that was good. Now we can be done with Moby Rob for a little while at least. Now this this challenge, it's, it's one of these old survivor challenges that kind of makes me think like, were they ever expecting a woman to win this? Because I, I mean, it's, it's one of these, you dive down to get pots underwater and you get fewer and fewer people in phases. And then at the end, you're carrying a heavy box through the water. And I mean, maybe if, if the, the initial diving stage had somehow ended up being all women who got out of that. But when you've got like Rupert and Big Tom and Boston Rob and Lex in there, there's no way even like Alicia is going to be able to beat them out. Oh, no, it's terrible. Uh, they, it's funny because like they're going to do the immunity challenge this episode where they do run in separate heats for the men and women. Uh, and that's a swimming challenge, which that one is probably more justifiable if you wanted to put everybody all together. It's swimming. So, you know, maybe you can just say everybody's swimming together, whatever. That's not unheard of. But this one where it's like, obviously, after they collect all the pots and then they have to run back to shore or swim back with uh, these giant heavy crates. Like, come on. That's I guess crazy. the fact that it's a reward, maybe it doesn't matter as much. And it's a reward where you get to pick multiple people. If this was immunity, this would be pretty uh, egregious, but it's not. So anyway, it comes down to Lex, Rob, and Rupert. And Rupert, because he's like massively the strongest out of those three, ends up winning. And it's a pretty massive reward. I would say this is the second biggest reward after the boat one or the yacht one from a couple episodes ago. But Rupert gets to pick two people. So he takes Jenna and Amber. They they go on a helicopter and then they go to a resort and they get a spa and they get a dinner and they get clothes and they get, I mean, yada, yada. They get, uh, what, showers and yeah, makeup. And... Massage everything. So they're yeah. uh, they're very happy, whisked away off to this uh, fun little spa. And, you know, it's it's kind of cute when Rupert immediately, you know, before even picking Jenna, he's like, uh, Amber, you're coming along. Been away for far too long. So it's not just Rob that's been missing Amber. Like, they were such a happy little family. You know, they've been together for so long. And I think it's a nice little moment where Rupert takes Amber right back to where she belongs, right with uh, the rest of the Shapira, or at least with, you know, some of the Shapira crew. And that's probably one of the moments where Lex is already kicking himself. Like, what the hell did I just do? Like, because he he knows that obviously Rob is looking for Amber to come back. But like to see the excitement level when Rupert and Jenna reunite with Amber probably didn't leave him feeling too optimistic. But what are you going to do? It actually helps this move made by Rupert helps Rob a little bit later when he uses his argument that, you know, the tribe decided to stick together because they they really are. Yeah, they're they're a happy tribe, happy family. They haven't done much losing. So they've been used to everyone being together and and uh, lucky for Jenna that she has an ally like Rupert who can win her some rewards so she doesn't uh, have to just beg for people to take her. But now the reward itself, not not too much strategical happens during it. There's a little bit of a note here on Jenna and Rupert talking about how they're going to go to the end and they've got a five strong with Big Tom and Amber and Rob. And it's, it's a note of Amber starting to get a little bit worried about the fact that they're in the middle of all of this and that all of the heat's going to come down on them pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, eventually we have to start getting some kind of strategic content from the winner of our season here. So, you know, we've gotten a little bit sprinkled in throughout the previous 
pre-merge, but it's really very quiet on the Amber end uh, of things early on. You know, you hear most of the things going on between the two of them coming out of Rob's confessionals. So, you know, we're going to start to pick things up a little bit more with hearing what Amber has to say about things. And this is a good opportunity. She's talking about, well, we made a deal with Lex and Kathy, but we can't tell Jenna and Rupert about that because we do have a final four with them. So we got to figure this out. And, uh, you know, it's presented as something that she's thinking about. Luckily, we don't hear this of like, I have to go see what Rob wants to do. Like she's presenting it as this is the two of us that have to decide, you know, what the next step is. And and that is something to be said for Amber is unlike some other people, I think, who have won in the end, who have been in this sort of position of winning more so because someone else loses. Amber really does view herself and Rob as a pair throughout the whole thing, a strategic pair, a social pair, and a romantic pair, obviously, but one that's not, you know, she, she recognizes that he is going to be the face of the pair, but I don't think, I don't think she has any misguided viewings of sort of like steering Rob completely, but I think she does feel like they have worked together and made decisions together the whole time. And, and you know, we'll never know exactly how much that is or is not true, but I gotta believe if, if she thinks it is, then he must be giving her a reason to think that she has a say as well. Yeah, and later on when, uh, the, you know, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but when the family visit rolls around and Rob has his brother come out, you know, he says to to his brother Mike, he's like, Amber's solid, we're, we're good with each other to the end. And that's something that, you know, if I was a family member coming out there, I'd be like, are you sure? Like, just make sure you're sure. And the fact that like both of them are so sure this entire time, like it's no wonder that obviously they fell in love, got married and have had four kids and are still together to this day. Like they very clearly connected very intensely right off the bat. You know, uh, if, if you believe in soulmates, this is uh, a very good uh, case to point to, to say that they just connected right away. And it, it became a partnership before it was even something they discussed. It was just, they, they knew that they were with each other and, uh, you know, working together as one. And it's so refreshing to watch this compared to what I've been doing a lot of recently, which is watching uh, seasons of The Challenge, where a lot of the relationship pairs in that show are uh, much more one-sided and much more unhealthy. So <laughs> it's it's great to see this right now. Yes. Yeah. So it is merge time, because guess what? We haven't had enough food in the last couple episodes. Right. So time to roll that out. And time to get more paint out, because we haven't had enough yeah. paint in the last 24 hours. Yeah. So they meet up on Saboga Beach, and Jeff says, you know, you've got your toolbox and you got your some supplies and your pots and pans are scattered around but you'll find them but don't worry basically you've got boston rob who's a proven shelter builder like <laughs> as if he's part of the reward i literally wrote that down like he presents it as if they are including a boston rob there to like to to throw to build the shelter for them he's like yeah you guys got this this and that don't worry and rob's here <laughs> it's like what <laughs> How, yeah. he would never be able to say that in the current season like the, not only is he like putting a target on someone's back by by you know putting that on them right in front of everybody else but like offering rob to do all the work for everybody it's just funny it is it is pretty funny and and i even you know we didn't mention this at the time but when the tribe swapped and rob got to the mogo mogo camp somebody i care if it was jenna or alicia or somebody was like uh, oh i know how how much you're itching to build a new shelter it's like i mean i know that rob obviously he's building his five-story mansion at the moment on survivor but i know that he likes this shelter building and likes to be comfortable but this is a little bit ridiculous how many shelters can you possibly build in one season yeah, it's crazy to me that they wanted to go back to uh, Saboga. Like the producers wanted them back there. 
there. I mean, I guess they were just trying to get across the point that like, it's not ever going to be so easy. Like it was like they were living the life on Shapira and obviously uh, it probably, or maybe not, I don't know. It just wouldn't have been, I guess, the most fun to watch them just go back to living the life of luxury for the next couple of days. They want them to work for it. So oh yeah, work for it. But here's a uh, two Hawaiian slings on a tarp. Yeah, <laughs> fair. I can see it on both ends. It's just like they had such a nice shelter on Shapira. Like that was some good background scenery for, for Survivor. So uh, giving that up is is definitely a, a choice. Yeah, eh, it's it's sad. And, and uh, maybe one day we'll get another beautiful shelter like that built. Uh, you guys, you have to bring back the Home Depot box to, to really get it done. You got to bring back the box and you just got to make sure Rob's there because otherwise yeah. it's not getting built. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they toss around some names, which I know some people are not a fan of these, but I got to say Shibogamogo is better than uh, Bogamopera, which was the other one that Amber wanted it to be. So Shibogamogo, classic. top, top name uh, of all time. Yeah. For People don't like yeah. when they merge the uh, names together, but Shibogamogo uh, Shibogamogo is one of the best, especially when they throw in the dancing song. Yeah, that's one of my favorite clips is just Amber and dancing while Rob's singing the Shibogamogo song. It's it's not a terrible tribe name. You know, I, I mean, they don't even mention the merge tribe names. Now you'll, you'll get it, you know, on a little uh, lower third on the screen if you're lucky sometimes after the merge. But for the most part, nobody really says it and uh, they don't make a big deal out of it. But this is definitely back in a time where, oh, great, merge. We can spend five minutes just talking about painting the flag and, and making the new. And luckily, the new merge time. now that we have the flag painted and we have everybody's all excited, we merged, we merged now. As Lex says, it's time to play the game and he's excited. Oh, poor Lex. Well, Rob is like, what? Save Amber and you think I'm going to help you? You guys didn't really believe that, did you? Which is just classic Rob sort of talking to the camera audience as, as if it's Lex and he does that a lot and, and so this is a little bit of I mean I think it's like half revisionist history half just realizing you know it's not just that they saved Amber but they merged immediately after he didn't have to lose anyone else he doesn't have to do anything to save anyone and fix anything and and while he might like Lex in almost no world would pairing up with Lex and Kathy have been beneficial to Rob in any way so it's really a little bit ridiculous that Lex and Kathy thought he was going to stay true to this. Yeah, and it's in this moment that like Rob turns from like somebody that people were watching as a compelling character on this season, like, you know, probably had people rooting for him, people that weren't rooting for him. But at this point, like you have to imagine that the audience that's sitting home watching, uh, you know, they're they're compelled by Rob and then all of a sudden he drops this line. Uh, you didn't really believe that, did you? In regards to what he told Lex? And the people probably like drop their jaws and they're like, Oh wow, this is about to get ugly. And we did not expect it. Uh, because I mean, even if you didn't think that he was going to actually hold true to the deal, the fact that Rob comes out just very obviously like joking and laughing about it, like this is funny that this guy fell for it and I tricked him. It's not something that I think people saw coming. So it's, it definitely takes Rob's character and shifts it into the next gear of like super villain. Like this is where he earns his title of villain when he comes back in season 20. He becomes a player that is going to be actively sneaky to get to the end. Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons why this season is looked at in a more negative light a lot of times is because it's the Boston Rob show, but it's, it is the Boston Rob show because everyone else is allowing it to be, because everyone else wants to work with him, has chosen that, is, you know, it's not just someone 
steamrolling the game because they won every single challenge or, uh, you know, found hidden immunity idols. This is someone who was charismatic enough to get everyone to want to work with him and then therefore had complete control over the game, you know. Not because because he does make risky moves and he does make, you know, what could be considered as mistakes in terms of losing these, the, the love of Kathy and Lex and things like that. Like he didn't need to make a million alliances. So he's not like the world's biggest mastermind but he's he's able to do it because everyone wants to work with him. I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that it's it's so much the Boston Rob show in the same way that it is in like Redemption Island where it's just someone completely steamrolling the game and no one ever even stands a chance. It's like everyone kind of uh, fit themselves around him in this season. Yeah, I 100% agree. The Redemption Island is like a show in like, like a master class in how to dominate a game of Survivor. And obviously the dynamics were not ideal for fans I guess uh, in that season, a lot of people uh, crazy enough or not crazy enough, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinions, but people don't respect Rob's game in that season as much because of the fact that he was playing with so many people that were just new to the game, had no idea what was going on in this, you know, that's Rob's fourth time playing. So, you know, there's a lot of criticism on that end, but this is a season where everybody's pretty much on equal footing and it doesn't really make a difference who anybody is. They're just all kind of playing the same game here. No one's thinking that anyone's above them as a player. So they just see Rob as somebody that is a solid guy that's going to work with them all the way to the end and you know he like you said everybody just kind of molds themselves around him and sees that path going forward with him along and and because it is his boot episode i do want to talk a little bit about some of the mistakes lex made earlier on in the game that sort of got him to this point because i do feel like in some ways lex was playing a more new school game in the i'm gonna keep the loyal goats around and vote off the colbys and the ethans and anyone who could potentially beat me in the end but also is voting off the people who could help him could have helped him win challenges along the line that got him in this numbers disadvantage in the first place when it came to the merge. Yeah, I mean, that's I was saying that a little bit earlier as well. It's just, you know, he had three people lined up in the, in the past couple of votes that very easily could have been by his side and, and strong along the way. If Colby doesn't go first out of, you know, that first tribal council, if they do cut Jerry there or Sheehan or somebody that, you know, I mean, it's Lex is in a pretty similar sp- position to Rob at that point where everybody was just as loyal to Lex as everybody is to rob over on Shapira. Uh, if Lex got rid of one of the, you know, qu- I'm making air quotes right now, weaker members of the tribe, and then they ended up winning the next challenge with Colby still there, then maybe they're not even in a position where, you know, they're down in numbers. Maybe Shapira uh, loses the next challenge, and then maybe even the swap goes differently and whatever. Uh, hard to say for sure, but uh, the fact that he was just so willing to cut these people because they were bigger players or whatever, he was so worried about, uh, you know, it- it's really hard hard to watch the downfall, especially knowing that Lex was like, he felt like this was his season. We talked about about it on the first part about how when he came back for the season a lot of it had to do with what went down on uh, on Africa um, and that final three or four challenge or whatever where there was like a little confusion on the production end in terms of one of the answers that he gave and maybe he was paid something to kind of keep quiet about it but also like promised a spot on All-Stars so when he came back this is All-Stars we got it going on here he's here Tom's here they you know he, he thought it was his season and he didn't really think of like well what if things go wrong because I'm not the only one who thinks that it's my season uh, and then obviously things go wrong and he He's just completely shocked that this would happen this way. He's he's obviously very upset with Rob and he just doesn't even know what to say. He's like staring at him like, I cannot believe you. Uh, and you know, that, that iconic scene that comes up in this episode of him and Kathy sitting right across from Rob and just Rob straight up telling them to, to their face, this is what it is. Yeah, so we can get to that uh, right before the immunity challenge. Rob and Amber do talk and this is where Amber sort of is, expresses to Rob a little bit about, you know, we're ha- her worries about being targeted because they have too many plans going around and too many people. 
And Rob says, you know, that's one of the good reasons to get rid of Lex because if we get rid of Lex, Big Tom won't have anyone else to go to and he'll have to be forced to stick with us. So you can already see before the immunity challenge, Rob is not planning on keeping this promise to Lex at all. And he knows that he's got a target on his back, but he's got his ducks so lined up that it's really not an issue at this point. Yeah, right away. He's uh, he's, he's ready, to, ready, to say, ready to say goodbye to Lex. So yeah. So we go to this immunity challenge, which is the one we were talking about earlier where there is going to be two winners. It's for the first time ever in Survivor. Two people have immunity and all that. And it's uh, this is the one man and one woman are going to win this. It's a hold your breath underwater challenge. And then in the second part, it's going to come down to two men and two women who are both going to race to release buoys. In both cases, we have Amber and Kathy moving on and then Rob and Lex moving on. The person who ends up losing is in the lead for a fair amount. Amber is in the lead for a while, but then runs out of steam and Kathy wins. And then Lex is in the lead for a while all the way until his final buoy. But then Rob comes up and clenches the win at the end for that, which is, you know, really a a close call here. So I guess in this alternate universe where Lex does manage to win immunity, do you think they would have voted out Kathy, Sheehan? Do you think they would have decided to work with Lex at that point? What are your thoughts on that? Well, if Kathy and Lex both have immunity, which is what almost would have happened there, then tough spot. But I mean, I think they just definitely go for Sheehan there. They're, the point is that Rob says he's sticking with Shapira and that's the end of the story. So uh, if both of them happen to be immune, then they're just going to go for Sheehan and hope they can get Lex next time. And they probably would have. So yeah. Yeah. So it's so not too much there. It would have been interesting to see, you know, at the very least, just to have, uh, see how, how upset Lex would be when Rob would eventually cut him. If it's a, if it's a few days later, maybe it's a little more Lex's fault at that point for not having, you know, made more ground, but that's how it is. So we get to the pre-vote portion here and, and Lex is starting to feel worried because he realizes that Rob hasn't really tried to come make him feel comfortable. And uh, then Ro- Rob pulls uh, pulls a card out of uh, Lex's own book there and sits him down, sits Lex and Kathy down and tell him the scoop. So I think the real question here is where is Amber in all this? Why is Amber not required to sit down and have this talk with Lex and Kathy? Well, at this point, you probably have to assume that Amber has been talking to them and is playing in more of like a, at the, like she's probably still telling them that she's down as long as everybody else is. Uh, I think it's not a secret or a surprise to anybody that Rob is the one who's going to make the final call on this, or at least that's how Amber's presenting it. So I, I don't know exactly, you know, what the conversation was between them. Like if they, you know, talked something that we just didn't see, but either way, obviously the, the important conversation is going to be coming here with Rob. Anything that Amber said prior to this was probably part of just, you know, the charming Amber social game of like, yeah, no, I really want to make that happen. If we can make it happen, I just have to see what everyone else is doing. So it gets very heated and Lex feels that this is outside of the game and that he's taking it personally and Kathy's crying and she says, you know, it, it, it's not a game when friends are involved. Rob does even bring up, you know, if you're going to go there, if you're going to put our friendship on the line, I'll put it on the line. But, you know, this is the bottom line is I've decided to stick with my tribe and I've already promised them. And so I can't, you're, you're asking me to go back on a deal with all of these people instead. And so the, the real, you know, because this is something that has been said to this day is why Lex and Rob and, and Kathy to some extent, who I think Kathy forgives Rob a little more easily, but you know, Lex and Rob are not best friends anymore, obviously after this point and, and really never got back to a good friendly spot. So what makes this conversation more inherently different than these same exact talks that Lex had with Ethan and Colby, who were also his friends outside of the game? Well, this one is where, you know, Lex was waiting for, the, he had those conversations with Ethan and Colby to get 
get to this point with Rob to be able to play the game going forward with the alliance that he'd been picturing in his head. He voted out Colby on day 19. I'm looking at the Wikipedia chart right now. Don't worry, I didn't memorize that. And he vote and and this the day that Lex is getting voted out now is on day 27. So uh, well over a week in between that time frame where Lex just spent that whole time thinking about how great the rest of the game was going to go once he reunited or once he united with the people that he knew he was going to play with. So the fact that he's getting to this point, we're now on day 27 there. I mean, day 27 is like uh, what there's a, a week and change left to go. You get to day 30, you're pretty much there at 39. So he's he's there. He smells the money. He sees the path to the end. And now Rob is telling him, listen, I'm sorry, but I mean, he's, his uh, his iconic line, if, uh, I, I told you if I could try to save you, I will. Sorry, I cannot. And he, he can't. He says he, there's nothing he can do. So what are you going to do? It's sad. Uh, and I, I looked on a uh, Reddit AMA that Lex had done where people had asked if he was friends with Rob now after this point. And he said, you know, we're fine. We're grown ass men. Are we friends? Nope. But there are no hard feelings. I'm completely fine with everything and how things went down, but I'm lucky enough to have amazing and quality friends in my life. So why would I want to keep a turd of a friend when I have so many good ones? So it definitely lasts. It's sad. I think at Tribal, when they go there, Kathy is going to end up voting out Amber. So does Lex or voting for Amber because she says that she felt like Amber was really the one who lied to her face more. So I think that points a little bit toward what Amber was probably doing in the meantime, like you said, was probably somewhat still reassuring them that she'd be happy to work with them, etc. And so I think that uh, that might be a, a negative there in, in Amber's book. But it- yeah, plus while they were together on like the second version of Shapira, Amber was just beating them over the head with we're going to work together, we're going to work together, like I'm going to make sure we work together. And then, you know, uh, obviously they are probably looking at Amber like, oh, I guess you didn't fight hard enough because we're not working together here. So, you know, whatever you you promised us was going to happen with you and Rob, they thought that it was going to be there. And then Amber assured them that this was going to be there. And then it wasn't. So I can understand why they're upset with Amber, but you can also understand later on why Rob or I mean, the two of them don't vote the same Lex and Kathy, but you understand why uh, Amber is going to get one of those votes. And I, and I think this is something that if Amber had been the one to make all of the decisions in the Robin Amber pair, I think she probably would have gone with Lex and Kathy because she was the one to be on that tribe and to be the one directly saved by them. I think that she didn't really have as much love for Rupert and Jenna. And I think that, uh, I think that would have probably been a difference there if you're looking at, you know, I think that Rob probably talked her into it to where she got on board. But from what we see on the episode, it looks like she was leaning more towards the Lex and Kathy. I agree. Yeah. And I think that Rob, I mean, I think Rob made the right call here, which uh, is, I don't know if that's result oriented because obviously they ended up in the final two from it. Uh, But it makes it, Rob has everybody else in the Shapiro tribe is all still looking at it as we're one happy family. Rob can pretty much tell that he has most of them wrapped around his finger. Obviously he made that alliance with Alicia, Jenna and Rupert are still working with uh, Rob and Amber. There's just no reason to make the jump here. And Amber's just kind of feeling guilty about it because she did make that promise and spent a couple days with them. So good that Rob keeps her in check with, you know, making sure that they make the right move here, but understandable why Amber, you know, considered going the other way. It's also interesting to point out here that Kathy debates giving up immunity and giving it to Lex. Do you think that if she had given it to Lex, they would have voted out Kathy? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they wanted one of those guys to go. It didn't matter which one. I think, uh, you know, you would hope that you can get Lex first, which is what Rob said. Uh, you know, he wanted Lex to go as soon as they could get him. But if Kathy did decide to do that, I would have been devastated to see her give up that way. But luckily Lex didn't let it happen. But yeah, they would have sent her out. 
considering that Kathy is going to be the next person to go, uh, I, I almost wonder if it would have been more worth it just to just to give it up to to Lex and knowing that he probably has a better chance of winning the next individual immunity. Uh, it, it would have at the very least been more exciting and, and could have been a kind of a screw you to Rob to show that his plan is going to be at least somewhat foiled. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to take any extra moments that we have with Kathy Vabrick O'Brien that we can, even though it's just literally one day in between these two tribal councils, but I'll take it. The only other thing that is kind of interesting to note here is that Sheehan does also vote for Lex. She does. I mean, not much she can do, so. Yeah, although I feel like if you're, if you know that you, you know, at, at this point, Sheehan is not apparently, you know, seeming to actively try and make any firm alliances with anyone. And so if you're gonna go down with the ship, might as well just toss a vote on Amber or somebody else as she's going to do, you know, later on as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a sad, it's a sad thing that Lex's game deteriorates here and, and Kathy's as well. But like we've, you know, beaten to death, it's uh, mostly, mostly their fault for the decisions they made. And it teaches you maybe, maybe in Survivor, trust the in-game alliances more than the pre-game ones. For sure. Yeah. So. so that's that episode. Sad to see Lex go, but we're, we're reaching the stretch here. It's, it's pretty much a straight pagonging from this point. More or less. There's a little bit, a little bit of a action in the middle here, but yeah. yeah. A little blip. So going into episode 12, a thoughtful gesture or a deceptive plan from April 15th, 2004. Kathy, de- next day, talks a little bit about how she wanted to give immunity to Lex, but decided to keep it to herself. Says she voted for Amber because Amber lied to her face multiple times. This is the kind of tricky part where, you know, people in Survivor constantly talk about somebody lying to them. And is it really lying or is it just Amber said something at the time that she meant, but then changed her mind later? So I guess uh, probably that's where I got the idea that Amber probably could continue to reassure Kathy. One thing about the Kathy debating giving up immunity, at least the way the show is edited, it looks like Lex really thought Kathy was going to give him the immunity. His jaw pretty much drops when she decides to keep it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was like clever editing or whatever, but I have to imagine that they talked beforehand and decided that she wasn't going to because I feel like that's just like who Lex is from like the little that I know about him. He wouldn't have wanted her to or he wouldn't have pushed her to. So I don't know if I believe that that editing, but if it was true, I don't know how he was so surprised that somebody wanted to stay in the game. But In all of the arguing that went on around this Lex vote, one thing that does come out is that Lex and Kathy reveal that Big Tom was definitely also going to want to work with Lex at this point, which I think is a reason why Lex was upset about the way things went. It's also something that I feel like, you know, they keep talking about Big Tom and how Big Tom was going to work with Lex. And Big Tom is seen to be a player who relishes in or is definitely willing to kind of ride in the background, ride the coattails, you know, to some extent. And it's sad because if he had wanted to, Big Tom probably could have potentially gotten something together to help Lex stay. I mean, you know, is there any, like, why, why did it matter so much that Rob and Amber didn't want to work with Lex? Could Kathy, Lex, Big Tom, Sheehan pull in now, you know, one more person and you could have gotten something done here? I don't think Tom, I, I, like, I I have a hard time giving Tom any credit for thinking in terms of, or for thinking about what, what was happening in the game. I think he came in with that pregame alliance that was, uh, this is my plan and friends or whatever, but I just don't see a world where we got to this point in the game and Tom was actively thinking about like the next step in the game. He just knew that he had protection in uh, multiple different ways. And, you know, of course, he's going to cast this vote for Lex and just continue writing it out with Tom. I mean, Tom with Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but Rob does, you know, latch on to this, this uh, note that, that big Tom has, you know, has, uh, could have had potentially ulterior alliances. That's going to come back up later 
in, in a little while. But for now, Rob's just kind of keeping that keeping that info in his back pocket. Yes. So not much going on. No. Everybody's sad. They're missing their families. And so we uh, go to a reward and immunity challenge here where there's a big obstacle course. It's very long. There's a lot of crawling under things and ladders and bridges and walls and digging. And it's a team challenge. So two groups of four. They're going to win rain parkas and letters from home. And then the winner is also going to get immunity and hot chocolate and a video from home. They do a video sampler where they're going to show everyone little tiny clips of their loved ones. It's our first Laura Bonham sighting. So that's kind of <laughs> fun. It's always fun to see the survivor loved ones who later become survivor players. Did we not themselves. see her on Pearl Island? <sighs> You know, I don't I don't recall seeing her on Pearl Islands. Um, did they do a love one? Well, let's see. No, they did because they did. That was the walk the plank with the uh, with the Johnny Fairplay lie. So they must have done that was I guess the question is, was Rupert still there at that point? Could not tell you. I don't remember. I don't I don't remember. Well, if you I feel like you're the kind of person that's going to need to look it up to be reassured. So I don't know if you're doing that, but uh, I am doing that. <laughs> there's, there's really not a whole lot that happens at this reward. It's aside from the moment at the end where after uh, the challenge takes place it's like a very not even uh, challenge Rob and his crew of uh, Sheehan, Amber and Alicia are going to just completely destroy the other team Jenna, Kathy, Tom and Rupert they go through an obstacle course that ends in Rob going down you know the swing what, what is that called uh, they, they have a specific name for it like, oh the flying fox yeah that well, I don't know why that, that, whatever <laughs> uh, Rob goes down ends up getting all of his teammates out and they win reward and then they're going to go on to play immunity Rob wins immunity and then when it comes time to get to the reward, Rob is going to make an offer that Jeff just cannot refuse, which uh, maybe he wouldn't refuse it to anybody, but like he's definitely not going to say no to Boston Rob and anytime that Rob comes to him with a proposal. So he says, you know, uh, if I give up my uh, my video for my brother, can uh, everybody get a letter? And then, uh, of course, Jeff says yes. And then everybody gets a letter and they're so happy with Boston Rob. And this is not a fact that I have on hand, but it uh, might be one of the first times that somebody tries to do some reward negotiating with Jeff. Um, I know it comes up a couple times. I know in, I think, is it in the Amazon when, uh, yeah, the pa- patron saint of reward challenges. Isn't that something that Rob Cesarino says where somebody gives up their loved one and everybody gets a loved one? I feel like that's a thing. Sure. I don't know. I might be making this up. But anyway, one fact that I do know because I looked it up, Rupert did get voted out the episode before the loved okay. one's visit. So this is the he first did not Laura Bonham. Yeah, first Laura Bonham. Interesting that uh, next season we're going to do video chats instead of instead of just watching videos from people but yeah you know this whole rob giving up the thing it's like it's rob it's a video from his brother he's close to his family but he is much more in the game here than you know just like if this was an option that anybody had i don't think anybody is gonna say oh no i'd rather watch my you know five minute long video than and you know make sure that no one else can get these letters so it was kind of a no-brainer here. for sure and uh, i mean he said to everybody he's like yeah you guys all would have done the same thing like this isn't a isn't a big deal at all when the letters are just sitting right there on the table it's a very obvious trade so you know he's gonna tell us later on that you know yeah there was it was a strategic move I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and tell you that it wasn't but I'm happy that everybody got to see their their letters and you know everyone's happy and my my nitpicking brain which is what I use when I analyze episodes of Riverdale was also coming in here when it was like oh Rob has been nice enough to give everybody their some of his hot chocolate I'm like they had eight glasses (laughs) 
sitting there with this giant thing. I mean, it's one thing if it's like, I don't know, beer or something, but who is going to drink like eight cups of hot chocolate? No one's going to. So I, I assume that everyone was always going to share that. You know what production is just going to f- keep feeding them until they uh, until they tell them to stop. <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious to know how much weight people actually lost this season. So anyway, so they get this the letter reading and, and everybody loves their letters and there's a little bit of talk of, oh, Rob was nice to do that. Mostly it's, oh, you know, Rob is uh, clearly a strategic player thinking to give that he's, you know, winning brownie points. One of my favorite confessionals ever, though, is Rob, where he's sort of partially crying. He's all choked up talking about his letter and he's going, you know, I know it's going to get perceived one way or another. It's inevitable, but it wasn't about me. It wasn't about strategy. Oh, okay. It was it was a partly about strategy. Yeah, you're not fooling us, Rob. <laughs> yeah, he just immediately knows that he's not going to fool anyone. He's like, yeah, you know, I love my brother and I'm you know, sorry that I'm not going to watch this video, but this is how it is. So that's 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 that. Uh, there's a little bit of a vote scramble here where Kathy and Sheehan are trying to get people to knock Robin Amber down a little bit. They try to talk to Jenna and Big Tom and Rupert and stuff, uh, mostly about the potential of getting rid of Jenna, actually, I think is the, the direction they're trying to go in. Jenna's kind of the Jerry on this tribe of just someone that everybody's annoyed with. So not, not a whole lot of traction here. I think in a modern day season, the, you know, the way that they're speaking would have probably had uh, gained more ground, but not not in this season. No, and it's sad. Uh, you know, Kathy's going to go out here at this vote. There's not, and it's it's kind of the quiet way that she goes out. We have been checking in with Kathy all throughout this season. She was one of the, one of, if not the main narrator on the original Mogo Mogo back with Rue, I almost said Rudy, Richard and uh, Colby and Ethan and, you know, all those guys early on. And uh, she was a big character in terms, you know, in that sense, but just as this part of the game has, uh, you know, been sneaking up on us and uh, obviously her game is not going super well and it's, you know, she doesn't have anybody left. Uh, it's just, you know, very, she gets quieter in the edit and she's just going to end up going out here with, you know, she, her and she and put up a fight and they tried to make something happen, but this group is pretty unbreakable. They're not going to, uh, you know, nothing's going to get in their way besides an immunity win that's going to be coming up in the next episode. So there's not much she can do. You know, she, she got kidnapped a couple episodes ago by Shapira who were like, oh, Kathy's one of us. Kathy's one of us. She's just like us. And then, you know, now when the time comes, you know, we can't even get Sheehan voted out before Kathy. She, apparently she's not, she doesn't fit in with us well enough to keep her around here. So Kathy is going to go and be the second member of the jury. Yeah. And I think a lot of this decision to go with Kathy over Sheehan has to do with Kathy has been shown to be a better challenge competitor. And she also was so close with Lex that maybe if Kathy had uh, not been so tight with Lex in the last couple episodes, maybe they would have leaned more towards Sheehan. But really, Kathy's just clearly the better player here. So easy decision to get rid of her. It's it's a little bit funny during all of this talk where they're trying to convince people to vote for someone else. People just keep walking by Rob and Amber who are sitting in the shelter by themselves sort of holding court, not even really trying to scramble, just knowing that their minions will come up to them at any time. <laughs> that's that's the Rob Mariano game. Yes, yeah, it definitely is. People try, at Tribal, Kathy tries to scramble some things up a little bit more. Kathy and Sheehan vote for Amber again. Amber getting uh, several votes thrown her way as uh, as people are leaving, but no one flipped, so goodbye, Kathy. Yeah, I mean, this, this seems like the move that I think they've been talking about for a while, and then, you know, ultimately in two episodes from now, we're going to get a Sheehan explanation as to why all 
Haley's votes are going towards Amber, but you know, they're, they've realized at this point, there's nothing they can do. There's no chance of anybody flipping the Shapira have made that clear to them. So at this point, they're just sending a message through these votes, like keep an eye out because the person that you're not expecting is going to win. And she's, she's not going to get there without a couple votes on her, I guess is what the uh, Mogo Mogo crew is saying. Yep. So it, it's a sad way to see Kathy go, but especially because it's just only one day later, she really didn't get to keep that immunity for very long. Yeah. So bye-bye Kathy. Very sad to see you go. I, I Kathy's somebody that I wish we got to see come back again afterwards, like probably out of anybody here. I mean, obviously Rob's going to come back and, you know, Colby comes back too and Ethan's coming back soon, but very surprised to see that Kathy didn't get another call back at some point, like whether it was for fans versus favorites or whatever it may be. I think she showed something on this season that she was, um, I, I well, then again, this game also probably broke her, uh, completely with Survivor. Like she does not go out in a very happy way <laughs> to say the least. So, you know, it's also possible that even if they did ask her back at any point, she was probably like, no, I'm good. I can't do that again. Well, when you look at a lot of the people who came back for heroes versus villains or for uh, any of the fans versus favorite seasons or, or even like second chance or game changers, it's at that point, it's a lot more of the people who look at Survivor as a game and less of a life experience and less emotionally. And I think that Kathy is in that second category of people who, like you said, were the game hit hard for them. And I, I'm not sure that she would have wanted to go back. I think the spot for her would have been probably in like a game changers or potential. Well, it w- yeah, because she wouldn't have been eligible for second chance. So probably game changers would have been the kind of time you could have seen her come back, but it probably wouldn't have gone super well. I don't know. It, you know, it'd be so interesting to have seen her mix it up with, with someone like Sierra Easton or Tony. Yeah, just to, I mean, at this point, I guess there's no room for her in terms of like that, that mom, like savvy kind of player. If you, you can't really have cast there and Kathy, I mean, well, Cass wasn't on uh, Game Changers, but so I guess that, there goes that point. But either way, uh, Kathy's just a different kind of, of player than they have today. Plus, it's really rare for them to call back those these old school players in the current seasons. It has to be somebody who's kept up with the show, is still physically able to go out there. Who who have they had recently? Jervis was in season 27. They brought Kelly Wigglesworth back for second chances. But I mean, there's really not a whole lot now that, you know, they're doing all winners. They're, they're going back here a little bit. But this is a, <laughs> all winners is going to be like, well, here's some recent winners and a couple of people who are probably too old to be out here anymore, but we're going to go easy on you guys. Yeah, Kathy's in that sad position of of being an old school player who was an all-star, but is not really iconic enough to say like, oh, they're from season one or or remember this really impactful moment that that Kathy did. It's not not really the same, you know? So unfortunately, we're at the point where there's just so many survivors that not, not a whole lot of room for Kathy left, but all right. So moving on to the one blip in the Paganging here, we have episode 13, Stupid People, Stupid, Stupid People. Iconic line from somebody who doesn't get a whole lot of love this season from the players or from fans or from uh, the Evolution of Strategy podcasters, but very good line. Sheehan is, she is, she's a fun character, at least just because she's, she's one of these people where I feel like in modern day terminology, you would label her as a goat, even though she's not, she's not exactly coattail riding. She's an under the radar player but almost more in the category of someone like Danny Boatwright or something where they're 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 actively aware in the game and they're they they know their limitations but they're not you know they're not just sitting there seeing what's going to happen they're trying they're just not making a lot of traction yeah, and she gets called out early on in this se- in, in the season from somebody uh, you know from Colby who is like I don't respect the game that you're playing because you're sitting back and just watching while the rest of us are uh, are making all the moves here and she ends like okay that's that's it's 
a valid way of playing the game. I don't understand what making you so mad about it. And she's not wrong about that. Like sitting back and and chilling for the first half of the game is the way that many people have won Survivor and that many people are going to continue to win Survivor. You don't want to be involved in all the action. You don't want to be the guy out in front that's making all the calls. So Colby getting frustrated about that, whatever you want to say about Colby, you know, that's probably not the best reaction, especially the way that he takes it out direct to her is like, dude, relax. If you're that upset about it, vote her out. But if you can't, then shut up. That's been something that we've been tracking with her all season that she's been kind of laying low. But then at this point, it's kind of like, well, you laid low for a little bit too long. You let Lex and Kathy decide who was going to go home. Well, then again, it might've been her otherwise, but regardless, you know, there's not much room left for her to work and we're going to end up where she needs to win this upcoming immunity or it's going to be her. I would say even when you're looking at this season, you know, up there with Rob and Kathy, probably she ends probably one of the most observant people in this game. She, she sees what's going on and she will famously be one of the few people who really pegs Amber as a threat to win the game in this, in this season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gotta be easier, easier to be observant when you're on the bottom and all you can see is everything above you. And, you know, rather than being in the mix and still thinking that you see things that you don't, but she does see everything very clearly. And Shean actually mentions in this season that they're going through a pagonging. And I was curious to know when that term actually made it to Survivor. You don't, it's something you hear about a lot when people talk about Survivor. It's not something you actually hear about on the show as much. So uh, curious to know when that came up, but I couldn't find anything definitive on that. So, all right. And now for one of our other most famous reward challenges from this season, more so the reward than the challenge, but both are pretty impactful. It is the face chop challenge, the uh, coconut chop, as they would call it in other seasons. And it's uh, it's combined with the slam book challenge, which is another one of my favorites, where they fill out a booklet of superlatives, basically, and everyone has to guess what the tribe said. So who will you trust most with your life? Rob. Okay. Who does not deserve to be an all-star? Both Alicia and Shean were picked for this one. Uh, and I think uh, Alicia takes it particularly hard in this episode. Who uses sex appeal as a weapon? Obviously Amber. That's a clean sweep. Who is under the false assum- assumption that they are smart? Also went to Alicia. Really just taking a lot of hits. Who's the most honest? Rupert. And who never shuts up? Jenna. So really not too many surprises there. I would say the one that only surprised me the most, mostly in retrospect, was the who would you trust with your life being Rob. Mostly because I could understand that a lot of people are aligned with him, but I mean, do they they gotta see that he's not, you know, he can't be on your side and on everyone else's side. There's just something about him that everyone is drawn to. Yeah, but that's like, that's the reason that they're, I feel like that answer makes sense for this question, just because at this point, they rely on Rob for like life in the game. Jeff Probst literally said to them, you guys are gonna be okay here because you have supplies and you have Boston Rob. So they're being like hammered home with the point of Rob is the reason that you guys are still here. You know, as a group, he's the reason you guys are still able to survive out here, even though like Rupert does all the fishing. It's, you know, Rob is the one who is the master of this game. So, you know, that's not something that that goes away at all. And like we've said many times, everybody just feels a lot of trust towards him. So not surprised to see that answer there. Rupert ends up winning because he's kind of the most innocuous out of everybody here. Alicia, very, very upset throughout the rest of the evening. She is particularly annoyed at Jenna, who's trying to console and hug her. And Alicia's like, Jenna is the last person that I would go to for consoling ever, ever. So just more of that tension going on there. And then Jenna has to coach Rupert because she doesn't think he has any strategy on how to play this portion of his reward. So his reward is that he gets to go to a restaurant and everybody's going to eat because of course it's Survivor All-Stars and we need more food. So everybody's going to get dinner, but there are, uh, you know, seven different meals he 
here that he gets to determine who's going to eat what. And so Jenna says, hey, make sure you keep yourself strong, keep our alliance strong, and let everybody pick what they want to eat, but just determine the order, which is a little silly because eh, basically everybody just picks down the line of what's the next best meal anyway. Yeah, and Jenna gives that advice of like, keep the alliance strong. But then when Rupert does that, like Rob's like, all right, well, you just told everybody who our alliance is, so way to go on that end, uh, big Roops. But I mean, <laughs> there's also not a lot of great options here for food, particularly noted hot dog and orange juice. Yeah, not something that I would usually put together. I feel like they just wanted to give a couple beverage options. It's like they wanted the beverages to also decrease. And I guess they couldn't think of anything between soda and sparkling water. And they didn't want to give <laughs> milk out for whatever reason. Could have done so. like, like orange soda just to make it look like less appealing than Coke. Or I mean, <laughs> just orange juice and a hot dog. Like, okay. Yeah, I also was a little bit, you know, it seems like the, uh, the, the reward, the main reward, the steak dinner with all the fixins. Nice to note that Jeff's been doing this at least since season eight. It looks massive and, and Rupert is still eating it long after everyone else has finished. And the meals, uh, the second meal, which is the burger and fries, looks pretty good. But then after that, it's like ham sandwich or hot dog, ham sandwich, salad, potatoes, rice. They really, really decrease quickly. Yeah, and I, I didn't even remember them being so bad. Like I knew that, you know, in my memory, I could tell you the exact way this played out just from watching it so many times. I knew that Shean was the one that, you know, I could tell you the order that they went in. Uh, it just sticked, you know, has stuck with me all these years. So you know that Shean's the one that ends up with like the uh, water from back at camp and she gets a bowl of rice. But I didn't remember that like even Amber's meal was like extremely underwhelming, a ham and cheese sandwich. You know, obviously it keeps decreasing. Tom ends up getting a, a plate of cold potatoes and Alicia, uh, yeah, she takes the salad and a glass of water. So, it, you know, not a whole lot towards the end besides like Rupert and Rob, nobody gets anything too uh, noteworthy. But I guess when you're giving them that much food, it's hard to give them a five-star meal at every turn. Also, if it was me and I was on Survivor, I think I would take the potatoes over the salad just for fuel purposes. But uh, whatever, I guess Alicia says that, oh, this is what I would have picked anyway. Yeah, like, oh, uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. But yeah, it's a, little, it's a little ridiculous. And then Alicia immediately gets annoyed with Sheehan for having talking about, oh, this rice is so that's good. What I, that's what I was saying to you whatever. earlier about how like, at the, now that Kathy's gone, it's just the rest of the women in the tribe, everybody except for Amber, they all just can't stand each other. Alicia, Sheehan, Jenna, everybody gets annoyed at each other. They're all doing the same thing. They're all getting on each other's nerves for the same reasons. And it's just like, they're all pointing fingers like they're that the, that office uh, picture where they're all pointing the finger guns at each other. Now, you're annoying, you're annoying, you're annoying, but they're all annoying uh, in their own ways. They've been spending way too much time together for the past 30 plus days. And of course, what is food without some alcohol? So Rupert gets nice and plastered and they say that he has eight or nine beers probably and everyone is taking a little nap just trying to enjoy being away from camp for a little while while Rupert is continuing to eat and drink so it's a memorable scene not a whole lot really comes of it there's kind of the tension in the pecking order like you said is called out about who the alliance is which is particularly interesting to see when there are seven people left now that there is a clear four person alliance over the other three here especially for someone like Big Tom who thinks that he's in a three person alliance with Rob and Amber this should really be ringing some alarm bells to him at this point. On the other hand, Rob does say that, you know, Rupert exposing their alliance does at least show Rob that Rupert trusts Rob and Amber. So that, uh, that is, that is nice to see that without a vote scenario that you can determine if someone trusts you. For sure. They go back to camp and Tom and Alicia mention maybe wanting to take Rupert off before Sheehan possibly. Alicia believes that the original Shapira should probably stick together. And there's an interesting moment where Alicia and Tom talk about going to the end with Rob or Amber because they 
think that they would they want to stick with the original Shapira, but that they want to take Robin Amber out, you know, at, at four, or at least one of them out at four, because they don't want to, they don't think they could beat them in the end. Uh, but then Alicia says, you know, she says that she promises Tom or, you know, agrees to do something with him, but doesn't make a firm alliance with him. And the only person she has an alliance with is Rob. That's a problem. Yep. So she doesn't fully trust Rob, which she says again, but she says, you know, it's the only person that I've agreed I won't vote out. This is another time where I'm just saying, Alicia, Tom, get together, grab Sheehan, do something. It's seven. You need to make a move. There's way too much fear. And, you know, Alicia's way too comfortable to just sit back and be like, well, I made an alliance with Rob. That was literally back on, uh, Jerry got voted out on day 24. So you have to imagine that that alliance got made on uh, day 24 or day 25, if it was the day after. I don't quite remember. Either way, this is now day 30 when Alicia's about to get voted out. So it's been almost a full week and they have not seemingly checked in once since then. So in the past week when they've been together every second of every day, she's like, well, we made that handshake, you know, a week ago. And uh, I have to assume that that's going to be what we hold true to. So if you're going to play the game like that, Alicia, this is what's going to end up happening. It's uh, unfortunate to see because I really do like Alicia uh, as a player. I think she's a very unique character to this show that we don't see. She's so strong. She's built like stronger than anybody else on this season, let alone like any of the other women. I liked her in Australia just fine, but I really enjoyed her on this season. I just wish she could have gotten something else going. And also very fun to see her on Big Brother 2 when she hops in the house with a couple of the others, with Sue and whoever else. That, that was a fun time. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite clips from, from Big Brother 2. It's a great one. So, and, you know, just not a great look for Alicia going out the door here. Sheehan comes over to her and says, oh, we should talk at some point. And, and Alicia's like, you know what? There's already a plan. Honestly, not going to entertain anything you say, which is not great considering what's about to happen at the immunity challenge, which is the classic hold your hand up in the air tied to a bucket overhead where Amber's out almost immediately. And, you know, I was shocked because in my memory, I was thinking, oh, well, it's Survivor All-Stars. It's the food and drink season. So they're probably going to offer them some food mm. to step down, <laughs> of course, which they don't do, but would have been classic. And it weirdly comes down to Rupert and Sheehan. And uh, I'm a little surprised to see that Rupert managed to do so well. This is usually something won by Parvati. more of the, yeah, the, the small types with uh, just a lot of balance and a lot of sort of ability to kind of let their arm go numb and hold it up there. But they are up there for over two hours. It's a really impressive showing for, for this season so early. And uh, Sheehan celebrates pretty wildly when she wins and Alicia warns her that she still has to go home with them back at camp. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's another one of these things that's just so old school of the, you know, oh, careful, we still have to live together. We need to get along. Just not not important no. really <laughs> anymore. There's, there's not much... Uh, Alicia can do at this point, I guess. You know, now they're all frustrated with the fact that, like, crap, it was all of us against this one person. We let her win, and now one of us has to, you know, our perfect plan of getting to final six is ruined, and she's celebrating right in our faces. So usually you you expect to see like Robin, uh, Robin like his down, I'm sad puppy dog face or or something like that, but instead you're just getting people like Alicia that are just pissed off and don't want to even look at Jean or Jenna. Yeah, and uh, for Alicia's boot, it's it's a little sad that we don't even really get a ton of Alicia in this segment before Tribal. It's mostly Sheehan saying that people should have been cutting deals with her and everyone sort of notes that Alicia, Rupert, and Rob are the ones on the chopping block, but there's really no traction made trying to get anyone to go against Robert Amber. Rupert's name is kind of tossed around a little bit as a decoy vote there, mostly for being kind of the odd man out. Amber tells Sheehan that she trusts Rob, but also feels like he will trust her if she's lying to him, which is one of the things that Sheehan sees as Amber B 
being one of the most shrewd players out, out here in the game. And it's something that Sheehan's going to point to later on when she votes for Amber to win. So it's interesting that it ends up going with Alicia, even though we don't really see anyone kind of pointing in that direction. It's mostly just talk about Sheehan and then a little bit about Rupert. But but you don't you don't even really see Big Tom or anybody or Jenna think leaning any different direction. No, it's, you know, Rob's got them locked in. It's the four of them in the in terms of the final four. And then obviously they've got Tom pulled in as well. So there's just no no way that this is getting shaken up anytime soon. No, you know, Alicia's on the outs just as much as she is. And Alicia doesn't realize it until it's way too late. Yep. So everybody votes for Alicia and Alicia votes for Rupert. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we, we do, get, we talked about already the uh, episode title, but, you know, right before we get to tribal is when she does deliver that when she's talking about how everybody's being all stupid nobody came to her and that's where she drops her stupid people let me say that again stupid people stupid players so iconic line from Sheehan we're really setting her up as the opposition to the Shapira tribe who is just coasting way too well throughout this early part of the merge here and obviously they hit a bump in the road with the Sheehan immunity win and now you know if I'm watching at home and I want to see if anybody's going to be you know contending against this alliance Sheehan's the only hope left so I don't know if people are rooting for the alliance or not I know I'm certainly rooting for them because it has uh, all of my favorite pa- players from Shapira on it. So I want to see Sheehan go next. Uh, no, no editing tricking is going to, you know, convince me otherwise to root for Sheehan at this point. But it's all that they have left to make this any kind of interesting on the way out. And uh, we have a little bit of a fun line here on the way out as Rob casts his vote for Alicia. He says, remember the little fight that we had on day three where I zipped my lips? Well, I've been waiting to do this, to do this for 27 days. Au revoir. Adios. Arrivederci, sayonara, or as we say in Boston, see you later. So while Alicia is over uh, over there saying Rob's never going to write my name down because we made that alliance, Rob is delivering a uh, pretty iconic voting confessional to say goodbye. Yeah, very cutting on his way out, which I think is one of the reasons why maybe some people, you know, they were upset at Rob when he voted him out, but I think a lot more people were more upset at Rob after watching the season and seeing his Absolutely. confessionals. Yep. So something, you know, it's six and one half dozen the other, Rob's life is fine he's got friends he's got family and <laughs> sure. uh he's a big character now so might as well might as well take that oh, anyway all right episode 14 a shapira surprise which is april 29th 2004 she said she doesn't have any friends in this tribe and hey look there's more tension among the women because jenna's being bossy actually everybody's annoyed with jenna at this point including rupert so there's this whole deal where rupert catches fish and he comes in and he brings his fish up and he says you know hey is anyone gonna come down and help me clean the fish nobody does so he just brings himself a fish up cuts it cleans it cooks it eats it and jenna is not happy about that nope there's uh there's been a lot of people that have been frustrated with jenna to this point but people usually just kind of keep their mouth shut they just kind of make it work plus jenna's in a good spot in the game so it's not like she has a whole lot to complain about where she's getting on people's nerves on that end it's just about camp life that she's got a lot to say about and at a certain point even rupert can't take it anymore he's been uh right by jenna's side for what we're voting at Shienna, so we're like 33 days into this. He has not been able to get away. There's just no love left for Jenna Lewis out there. And this is where you start to see that like if Jenna Lewis does make it to the end of the game, she's going to have a hard time getting some votes in the end, which I cannot wait to talk about later on about the Jenna versus Rob scenarios and how that might have gone down. But it's really not looking good for her at this point if she gets there. Yeah, she is. I think Jenna has had this view of her relationship with Rupert, especially from the beginning as Rupert's the new kid. Rupert doesn't know what he's doing. I'm going to scoop Rupert up and drag him to the end and it's uh she's very direct with that which results in her speaking you know down to this guy who's at least
just, you know, 15, 20 years older than her probably, uh, as if he's a child of saying, you know, I am cooking, I am cleaning, you are the person who's supposed to get the fish, I am tiny, I couldn't possibly go catch the fish. And Rupert, honestly, he's not even saying that she should go catch the fish, he's just saying help out a little bit more directly here. And it's just classic 33 days of having to live with Jenna Lewis that's getting on everybody's nerves. And, you know, equally having to live with Rupert here. So there's a little bit of that. Uh, Rupert has a great line where he says, she's a pain in the ass and I'm sorry I have an alliance with her. So <laughs> Yes, poor guy. So they go to the reward challenge and what? what's this? We already had letters, but it's time for a second loved one's visit, basically. It's time for them to pop out uh, of the letters and uh, yep. come to come to real life. Not even different people. It's uh, now where we went from the debut of Laura Bonham to the debut of Laura Bonham in person. Yep. So we've got Rupert's wife, Laura, Jenna's brother. What's his name? Jai or John Jai, or Jai, something? Jai, yeah. Jai, yeah. Sheehan's mom, Lily, Big Tom's son, Bucky Bo, Rob's brother, Mike, and Amber's mom, something. <laughs> I don't remember her mom. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl, Shannon. Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl sounds right. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. So who looks sweet, but doesn't really say anything. They all come out and it's the gross food eating challenge. The loved ones, though, are doing the eating this time around. So they do it in rows or in rounds. First round, fish head. Amber's mom's out immediately. This is why I don't remember her name. She doesn't stick around. Yeah. There's not a whole, really, whole lot there. They do the flying cockroach. Sheehan's mom is out. Fafaru. There's a really beautiful clip of Rob's face when they bring it out. Rob's laughing and then the second he sees the Fafaru go by, he just he just drops and he's like, oh shoot, no, <laughs> not again. My biggest nightmare. And he's not even eating no. it. But his brother does a better job. So Laura's out. Tearful goodbye. There was a lot of kissing and hugging when Laura first came yeah. out. So Tom's going to describe it later. There's a lot of slobbering there. Some, uh, some slobber getting stuck in Rupert's beard. He's like, I've never seen a grown man get like that over his over a woman. I've never seen that in my life. And if Tom's saying yeah. that, you know it was pretty intense. Then they have tarantulas where Jenna's brother cheats and drinks water and then tries to insist that he didn't No cheat. idea. It's uh, pr- pretty funny. Just that whole moment of he's he has absolutely no idea what he did wrong, but he wasn't paying attention. He just completely messed up and didn't follow the rules and not happy with the result there. But Jenna, Jenna knows that he messed up, but he's not too happy with it. Nope. So he goes and then they do the grubs at the final round where Bucky Bo just swallows it whole and wins immediately. So yay for Bucky Bo. Him and Tom do a little dance, but they get to select another pair to celebrate with and Big Tom selects Rob and his brother. Despite the fact that Big Tom was shown to be lower in the pecking order in the previous episode reward, he still takes Rob and is honing up that alliance. Also, it's probably just the most fun pair to go on this trip with. They're gonna go back to Camp Shapira and have pizza and beer together. Yeah, on one hand, I mean, it's definitely showing that everybody is feeling so good with Rob that he keeps getting selected for these rewards. But also, you know, don't forget that Rob gave them all the letters a couple of episodes ago and they could be just using that as their excuse. Like, well, he gave us letters and now we're giving him a little, you know, payback of giving him our share of our rewards. So I guess they have that to fall ba- fall back on. But these, yeah, this reward is just more <laughs> get more alcohol flowing. Did they, they get food, right? It, yeah, pizza. Yeah. And actually, I gotta say, it's pretty good looking pizza considering that's such a big survivor trope of not having good pizza it looks good it looks like i think it uh, always looks good but it doesn't actually taste good is what is what we hear <laughs> maybe it uh it looks good hopefully it actually tasted good but they probably ate it anyway i gotta say though for rob winning this or being taken on this reward it is another opportunity though for a reason why rob and big tom had a lot of bad blood post the season were because of some of the comments that rob made about big tom and his son and mostly how they're dumbasses and how they're stupid and etc throughout this and I think Rob meant it mostly sort of in, in good fun but it uh, Big Tom took 
it pretty poorly and I know they make up eventually but are not really the best of friends after this because of that. It's something that, you know, maybe Rob would have made those same comments if he hadn't been taken on the reward, but because he's edited to be the biggest character of the season as well, it's definitely something that's going to be highlighted in the show. Yeah, not great, but uh, there's definitely going to be a lot to come for that, at least for the reunion. It's, it's not great, like just watching it, you know that all, you know, they're all going to see this eventually and this is still a time where everybody still thinks that they're all such good friends and this is such a shared experience. So the fact that he goes home and starts trashing them or that he's trashing this, uh, trashing them when they're all going to go home and see it is not great, but that comes with the Boston Rob game here. A couple other really good Big Tom quotes from this reward. Big Tom says, now he's glad to see his son, but he wished it had been his son's mother or my neighbor's sister. <laughs> Just a classic Big Tom. They also have a really great one of my favorite moments where they're guessing what everyone back at camp is up to. Tom says, Amber's getting high on life or low on the ground. And they show her tanning. Uh, they say, Rupert is kissing and hunting his harpoon. He's fishing. They say, Jenna's running that mouth like a bell clapper. And they do a great edit where it looks like Jenna's just talking to no yeah. one, but still talking. And Sheehan's trying to make an alliance with Bush, which is another one of my favorite. Um, showing <laughs> Sheehan talking, but cutting out the person yes. she's talking to and showing her uh, messing with a stick. So that's a pretty good one. Some some great survivor editing that they did back in the day. It's some of these moments like that in the, uh, you know, Mara Amu radio show and things like that are, 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 I feel like things you don't get character moments like that all the time in Survivor anymore just because it's so heavily strategic but they're fun yeah you, you it's the kind of stuff that you just get all the time in Big Brother now that like if somebody's <laughs> talking about like Marissa Jarrett Winoker is the one that it sticks out because anytime that they talked about Marissa they would be like uh, so this is the alliance it's uh, me Marissa and then you'd cut to Marissa going boing 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 or something <laughs> so stupid like playing with her lips like hey, God! like making stupid noises and that was like that's great editing that Big Brother still does but yeah Survivor used to do it a lot more yeah it's fun they party hard Rob like we said uh, earlier talks with his brother about how tight he is with Amber and how they're a final two. Uh, Rob then says he can't trust Big Tom as far as he can throw him. Cut to Big Tom saying, oh yeah, me and Rob, we're definitely going to come in first and second place. So not necessarily a great look here. Bo and Mike come back to camp and Rupert puts them to work. Bo's a good worker, but then loses the spear tip on one of the things, which Rupert's all upset about. I'm like, dude, you've got six days left. You are, you have two Hawaiian slings. It's fine. He is, he's not going to be too happy about this though. He was, he knew that it was going to happen. He saw it coming and uh, there's not much that he can do. He just watches, you know, because if I, I mean, if I'm Rupert in that spot, how am I going to go to Tom and his son and be like, make sure you know what you're doing. Do you want a lesson first? They're going to be like, oh, shut up, Rupert. We know what we're doing. We do stuff like this often enough. And then like Rupert looks like an idiot for calling them out on that if, if he does do that. So obviously he kind of keeps himself quiet there. And then as soon as the inevitable happens, he's like, all right, that's uh, that's it. This one's mine enough. Yep. This one's mine. Don't touch my spear. <laughs> yeah, it's just great, but whatever. I don't know. Rupert go catch some more fish for the last couple days that he's going to be here. She and trying to convince people to work with her and vote Jenna off. She's having better but... luck with the bush. Nothing's working out here. Yeah, no one wants to it's talk. It's not really working. But hey, she could just win immunity. Yeah, well, so there is an immunity challenge. It's really short. I watched it on about three times speed because I knew that nothing particularly interesting is going to happen during it. They have to make fire and then put water in a bucket to raise the fire up and light a flag. Pretty much everybody runs out of matches. Rob, Amber, Rupert, and Jenna all run out of matches early on and it comes down to Sheehan and Big Tom and Big Tom pulls out the win. So not Surprised really too much Surprised that they exciting. had a challenge like this, you know, ever where somebody can run run out of supplies needed for the challenge and then drop, just be out of it. Because, you know, suppose that uh, Sheehan and Tom ended up in that same spot and everybody just ran out. Then what do you, what do, you do from there? Give them more matches and they can start over again? I, 
suppose. It's, it's, yeah. it's still just a, a very strange uh, scenario for that to happen. It's not like anything like that happens anymore these days where somebody could run out of supplies or, you know, obviously I think today they would just give them a flint and be like, all right, uh, this is how you're going to make your fire. But uh, unless maybe they did do a round with flint back then and then flint didn't work and then they gave him matches or I don't know. From what we saw, that's it's it looks like they only had the matches and then if you ran out, you were done. So Rob's obviously frustrated and then everybody else just falls one by one until it's Sheehan versus Tom and, you know, you're like, oh, maybe this could happen again. Sheehan's going to win and then they're going to have to pick one of their own off yet again, but nope, that's not going to happen. Tom wins immunity here to the enjoyment of Jenna, Lewis, and everybody else watching and now <laughs> Sheehan can finally go home. Yeah, Sheehan can go home. Everybody's happy. These stupid, stupid people, they were stupid for a while, but they got her in the end. We get back to camp and obviously there's a little bit more about Sheehan and more conflict with Jenna and all that stuff, but I do want to make sure that we point out that like we are st- like still getting comments from Amber throughout this part of the game just telling her where she's at. <laughs> Very hot take. Amber tells us, you gotta play this game harder than you did before. Like, before the first time, uh, you know, the first time you played. Very, very, uh, you know, surprising to hear that on an all-star season that somebody's expected to play harder than they did the first time, but at least Amber's around to provide that kind of insight. So, glad we were able to, to check in with her there. I mean, in her own Amber way, she is trying to explain to us to, you know, to the... Per- it's confessionals that this is a different game and I am trying to be more active in the gameplay, which is pretty much like from zero her first time until to like level two this time, I guess. Well, and a lot of it I think is Amber's a sweetheart and she doesn't probably relish the idea in backstabbing. She's put in a position in this game because of her relationship with Rob, or you could say she, you know, puts herself in a situation because of her relationship with Rob where she does have this power and is learning to flex these strategic muscles. And, and so it is a very different game than she had before. If Rob had not been on her tribe in the beginning, maybe she would have just coasted through some of the game. Maybe she would have been taken out early. It's hard to tell. She's not bad in challenges. She's she's certainly not weak and she's uh, shown to be a capable strategic player if if someone is working with her. She just doesn't seem to be as much of a like go-getter to put herself in those alliances. But really, when you look at other people in this cast, like Sheehan and Alicia and uh, even Big Tom, a lot of them are not trying to go put themselves in alliances either. It's really only because someone scooped them up. And even, you know, even Rupert, he's only in an alliance because Jenna scooped him up. So you really can't blame Amber for maybe how she would have played if Rob wasn't there. But given the situation that she's in, she does feel like she's going to be more cutthroat and entertain all ideas that are given to her. And so they they entertain some thoughts, I think, maybe about Sheehan. But it really, you know, they had to suffer one one loss in getting rid of Alicia. But it's Sheehan's time to go. Yeah, t- time to let Sheehan go. She's obviously going to point out a few things on the way. You know, I know this about this player and that player or whatever. There's not a whole lot that, that can be done here. Like I said, her and Sheehan and Jenna are still getting at each other's throats. Jenna has a good line here. Well, maybe not a good line. This is probably not a good line. But she she says, anytime Sheehan opens her mouth, I feel like putting a gun in mine. So yeah, not a good quote, but it's, uh, you know, at the time, I'm sure that everybody watching it uh, was hysterically laughing. But that's not really a joke I want to hear in 2019. No, it's it's something also where, it, to me, watching this now also just grates on me of, of Jenna being so annoyed with Sheehan scrambling and she like oh that girl she's trying to play the game like yeah of course she is of course she's gonna scramble you know she's mm. just doing the same thing you would have done but uh because because I think the name that, that Sheehan's throwing out there is also Jenna to some extent uh it's not gonna like and that. Rob does the same kind of thing too when they're all like back huddled in the camp and uh you know they see Sheehan going out to pitch to Tom or to pitch whoever and Rob's like oh she's doing her thing again where she's trying to make a pitch and it's like yeah 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 that's that's what she's doing exactly uh what's the problem yeah I mean I'm, from my point 
point of view, I'm going to give more respect to Sheehan for at least trying, you know, so I'm, I'm good with that. But oh my gosh, they go to tribal council and just Jeff infuriating me. It is day 33 and there is a five minute discussion on who's doing work around camp. Stop. I know. <laughs> this doesn't matter. This so doesn't matter. It's like, so oh, who's gosh. still helping around around camp? And, you know, Sheehan's going to take that conversation and use it in her benefit or at least try to. And she's like, well, you know, there is a lot of drama at camp. A lot of it has to do with food rationing and this and that. But like, you know, we can cut out one of the problems that, you know, somebody who watches us all eat and uh, monitors all that is uh, is Jenna. So we could just vote her out and make that not a problem anymore. Uh, and Jenna's like, like, I can't even like describe it because she doesn't say anything. It's just the look on her face. is just like, what the hell? Like, like excuse me? Perhaps does she for trying? She does try to use any spin she can, but we rehash this whole thing with Rupert and the fish. And oh my gosh, it's, oh, I'm over it. Sheehan does say though, she sees the writing on the wall. She knows that she's going. So she says she's voting for the person she believes is playing the best and has a real chance to win. She also calls out that people should probably try to scoop up herself and Big Tom, really hinting at Tom like, hey, you're on the outs. You're going to be the next one to go. So, so she does go ahead and vote for Amber and everyone else votes for Sheehan. But interesting to see, I, I feel like if you're Amber at this point, you got to be feeling at least a little bit good that Sheehan feels like you could win the game. Yeah, when, when Sheehan starts talking about all this, about like, I'm voting for the person that I think is going to win, blah, 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 your mind probably first goes to Rob and you're like, well, obviously she's talking about Rob, the biggest threat in the game. Like you guys aren't paying attention. He's going to win, which, you know, at, that, at least that was my first thought. And then as it, as she starts talking more and more, you're like, wait a second. No, she's talking about the person that like you're, you're not, you're literally not thinking about the person that nobody, not a single person is ever considering taking out of the game. They've been voting for her to draw attention to this, the Mogo Mogos, but not any of the Shapiras have been talking about taking out Amber. They've been talking about Rupert and Jenna's annoying and Rob's a big threat and Tom, whatever, but nobody has said Amber's name and uh, she ends putting a little bit of making sure that she knows that this is a thing before she goes out here, which you got to give her credit that she uh, she saw this one coming because this is exactly what the season is going to play out as with an Amber win. And of course, Sheehan has a pretty big part to play in that as the votes, you know, come down to it at the end, going into even Amber specifically crediting Sheehan for being the deciding vote to, to give Amber the, the win. So it's something that is definitely worth flagging up on a rewatch here. And also what's interesting is the fact that Sheehan is voting for Amber here in a time when it's not just to hurt Rob because Rob has immunity. They're voting for Amber when Rob doesn't have immunity. She could have voted for Rob for whatever reason to call attention or whatever. But like you said, she's voting for Amber, which comes as a shock to some people. And, and Sheehan, if anything else, is the person on this season who really does help the editors the most in terms of pointing to an Amber yes. win. Yeah, for sure. She says, you know, look out for for that girl. She's playing the game. Her uh, beautiful green eyes. It's it's not just that, you know, that's not all there is to Amber. So keep an eye out. She's uh, she's going to be somebody to keep an eye on. That really concludes the Mogo Mogo, you know, remaining players. Clean them out of the game at this point. We've got this final five. It's the Shapira group minus Alicia. And they're they're going to, you know, now that they're down to the point, there's no more people to vote off. They're going to have to make some some choices here about who Rob and Amber want to stick with toward the end and closing out this this last chunk for you for the finale. It's a it's a it's a ride here at the end, but it's it's fun. And now that we have half the jury is set to seven person jury. So we have, you know, four of them out there that are, are it's going to be fun to also watch their reactions on the jury. I, you know, they get very annoyed as the uh, end game starts to play out. We get some noticeable faces from the Lexes and Kathy's and especially Sheehan when she gets over there and Alicia. All four of them are pretty big stars on the jury side of, the, of things. So we'll be fun to keep an eye on them and watch the gameplay as it folds out here because now that Mogo Mogo is out of the way 
it's time to see how Rob and Amber are going to land this plane and take it home where it's guaranteed one of them is going to end up winning and obviously we know who it is. So with both of those two coming back in season 40, excited to see how this uh, this game plays out for them, uh, you know, on this uh, fun little rewatch we're doing. All right. Well, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for everyone for joining us and we'll be back next time for the final part of our look back and to cover the final three boots of the season in the finale. Feel free to leave any questions, comments, or feedback on our website, KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. Or on our Twitters, you can follow me online everywhere at Frail Mary, and you can follow Matt online at Matt Ligori. You can also tweet at us at KowskiCast as well if you have any other points on this journey. Hopefully everyone is enjoying the All-Stars as much as we are because it's, you know what, it's just a great season. I was watching it today with my sister in the room, and I switched it to a different show later, and she's like, man, I just, I gotta, I love Survivor All-Stars. It's been so long since I've watched it, but it's a great season. She's a little bit more of a casual viewer, but, you know, even the casuals can like All-Stars. Yes, uh, definitely, you know, there's there's things that people look back on that are, of course, negative about the season, but I do think that if people are re-watching with us, they're probably getting some enjoyment out of it that they probably didn't expect, so hopefully that's the case. All right, Matt, anything else? That's it. We will uh, see you next time with the final chapter of this rewatch. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Sorry, my sister just called me telling me that she can't get out of her parking spot. <laughs> well, I mean, does it look like it's even possible to get out of the spot? You're probably just gonna have to do like a, you know, 15 point turn. Okay, well, I'm kind of in the middle of something. <sighs> all right, all right, give me a second. Okay, we're gonna, let's finish talking about this episode and then I'll go see if I can help her. <gasps> She's killing me. She really is.